You're listening to the Tumbling Saber Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com, on iTunes, Facebook, and Twitter, and take your first step into a larger world. Welcome back to episode 104 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm back again, James O'Flaherty. Hi, guys. I'm excited to be back. Hi, James. <laughs> guys, nine days left. Eleven as we record. Close to ten. But really, when this drops, nine days left until The Last Jedi drops. What oh, man. the hell, man? Yeah, that, that makes it really real. I, I hadn't even thought about it like that, but... Oh, man. Single digits, baby. I just got the shivers there. Well, the next time... So, do the math. Next time we record, two days until it drops. That's... You just made Corey feel a little bit sick in his stomach. Uh, no. that's, I'm excited, that's something man. else. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm... Wow, I, I gotta tell you guys, I am pumped. I... I I, I'm here again, so that means I reached out to Kyle again and said, can I please podcast with you guys because the movie's coming, and I'm really excited about it. And of course he said, yeah, welcome aboard. Of course. Yeah, no, it's, it's starting to get real. Real, real up in It here. is. It is. It is. Man, oh man. Do you guys feel like... It's, it's hard to, to really parse this at this point of the process, and it'll be hard to talk about right after, but do you think we could be staring at let's just say the best Star Wars film. Do you think that's coming right down the pipe here? I think it's really likely uh, with everything that we've heard. <laughs> wow! Like, likely! The best Star Wars... it, I love it. I think it's really likely. It's, it's po- I said possibly <laughs> Step likely. aside, George. Well, I mean, come on. Empire's oh, oh, the best on. of them, right? Yes. So, <laughs> in our opinion, anyhow. Uh, in most. In many, I should say. It very well could be. Uh, I don't want to say like, yes, and I'm hoping for like I think it's going to be that, but I, I'm honestly hoping for that. And all the buzz surrounding it, the feeling that I have right now, like the hype, uh, just whatever's going on in in fandom and what we've heard thus far and the trailers and just everything. Like it's very possible that this film could could rise right to the top of the charts, man. But I think people are going to enjoy just the flippant manner. Yeah, lights likely will be. <laughs> People, are, I think, are going to get a kick out of that. What about you, James? I think it's very likely. Uh, I, I also think it's very likely going to be the best one. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it's it's not going up against much. Uh, it just has to be two hours long and in space, essentially, and it'll be the best Star Wars movie. Oh, you mean to Corey? Um, <laughs> I can't believe you said that so so uh, easily. But I, I think I, I, I know what you mean in your retconning of your own statement. Like I, I never, really I want, never would have said you want it to be. Yeah, I want it to be, but I have a, a feeling about this film, like more so than I've had any other Star Wars film prior. Maybe the Phantom Menace. I was as excited, or I don't know. There was something going on that just we didn't know really. You know, like there was this mystery behind it. Like 
though it was it was huge for the Force Awakens again. Like I felt like I almost had a heart attack while it was <laughs> while the scroll was going up, but or the crawl. But you know, there's just something surrounding this film right now that really has me feeling that we're in for something special. And I've been saying it again, and this I won't I'm only gonna get to say it probably two more times, but like I just want to cherish and remember these these moments building up to this because you know it's like the empire of our generation. Hopefully, you know, like I want to get these these surprises and these these questions that we're we're gonna have after the film and we're just probably gonna have a meltdown after the film you know uh no, I I, I, yeah a meltdown maybe something like that we'll talk about that more a little bit later specifically um yeah james anything else I'll say a, you slip in there? yeah i'll say about the best i mean if it's if Corey's right well, she might be I, i'm not gonna say it as uh, casually <laughs> um but if if he's right, I think we can't really know that until at least we have something, you know, some road behind us. We we you can't say that um, unless you're looking in your rear view mirror. I think you know, and and with some serious some serious time to think about it. So like two, three, four, five years from now, maybe we'll be able to say that. But I don't think we can say that walking out of the movie. We can feel like you know the most excited, but I don't know that my opinion will be founded and and secure um until you know a few viewings and much thought and until we talk about it to death and and all that over the next months and years i have well, to yeah, like it, it's, it's old news it's old news now but it took empire a long time to rise to the top a lot of people were really dismayed when they first saw it right so it could be the same here it might take a while for this movie to become fully appreciated or it might not who knows i get where Corey's coming from that with every subsequent movie, I I hope it's the best movie ever. You know, I, I don't want to say, oh, this one, this one's like eighth out of nine, man. This, well, let, let, let me ask really you guys this: like, do you feel that there's a different like mojo surrounding this film, so to speak? Yes, it's it is different than say the Phantom Menace and the Force Awakens, in that it's the first, and we're all super excited just to see it on the screen again. This one carries a weight of expectation around it because of the reveals that's been that's been promised, and because of the uh, the shocking nature of these reveals, whatever it is, and I think also because of Carrie Fisher, we all we're all kind of misty eyed over seeing her final performance, right? Definitely, uh, that's adding to it. Um, I don't know that it feels bigger to me than than the Phantom Menace. That did feel awfully big, and I, I know this does too. The Phantom Menace really had a lot of momentum. Oh, yeah. No, that I think still... I mean, we just got through The Force Awakens a couple years ago, which had a lot of buzz behind it, especially with social media. But Phantom Menace is... Jeez, that's a tough one to top, man. Yeah, there was so many fun years building up to The Phantom Menace. Like, my teens led up to that. It was so great. Yeah, it was was a different world then. I mean, it was just uh, 18 years ago, but a very different place, especially online. All right, uh, before we circle back to any of this stuff, I just want to pump our our powerful friends' super terrific, silly, happy The Last Jedi quiz that we put out. Uh, we released that last week with Sith Disturbers. And I just I, I put out the newsletter today for the powerful friends with a link to that. So come on, guys, get on it. We got four replies so far, and it takes, it takes a couple minutes to breeze through those questions. And uh, as I mentioned, the prize is my uh, Vanity Fair poster from uh, Annie Leibovitz's Last Jedi shoot. So 
get on that. I put a picture of that in the show notes, or sorry, the uh, the newsletter. So you can salivate over that a bit. And if you're not in our, our Patreon program, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. You'll get access to that quiz as well as a bunch of other things like uh, exclusive podcasts, giveaways, a bunch of other stuff, really cool stuff. People, the powerful friends will attest that uh, the content we're churning out here at the meat grinder is pretty damn tasty. So do it, do it, do it, do, do it. it, do it. All right. So thanks for allowing me that. <laughs> um, all right. Collecting update real quickly. Uh, Corey, anything this week? God, you know, I've actually been hitting the stores pretty hard this week, like for Christmas stuff. And, you know, I'm always out there on the hunt for myself as well at the same time. And still, there's like nothing. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to Walmart here. I'm going to mention names. There's nothing. Even the honey hole is run dry. Very disappointed. Like, no restocking of the good stuff. But uh, I had headed over to TRU and I, I dug through like, whoa, man, like 50 Black Series figures. Like, man, they got so many gree there. It's incredible. They still won't come down on the price either, those idiots. But anyhow, <laughs> I found one one General Leia Organa. I wanted that bad, man. Got to have me my Leia collectibles, man. Anyway, so I picked that up. I was pretty happy about that. That was today. Um, other than that, like, I just want to complain a bit. Like, I'd seen... It's you compare them to the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, toys, the sculpts on their faces are incredible. Like all of them are so good from Guardians, and like the Star Wars line, they're they're really all just kind of okay. It's really disappointing. I don't I don't understand like where that's coming from, but anyhow, other than that, maybe a question for Tim and Troy and Sanjay at the Nerd Room. Maybe they know more about where these. Where the sculpts come from, where the models come from. Because they're always under the impression that everything is like a 3D scan now. So I don't know. I don't know the, the ones at Marvel seem to be like leaps and bounds ahead right now. But uh, I also adorned the Christmas tree uh, with all the uh, all my Star Wars ornaments, which is pretty fun. Yeah, I got to get on the, Good my, for the you, Christmas buddy. tree. And I received my Secret season. Santa gift. Whoever got it for me, I still don't know. It's, uh, it's a pretty big box. I'm pretty excited. Whoa. Wow. That is fun. So nothing for me this week uh, on the collecting front, but I did make a stunning discovery at home. And I I wanted to make a video of this and and put it into the uh, TSW VIP feed. And Mark suggested, just go ahead and stream it. He gave me full permission to go ahead and do it. And I think anybody who wants to jump on and do that can do it. Uh, But I, I quickly realized that I needed a second pair of hands to really make the video work. So, um, here, here I am, I, you know, overselling the whole thing and it's, Really not that special, uh, but I'm. I, I took a couple of days off work and I was gutting my storage room, and I came across these poster tubes, which I assumed were my wife's, and so I never paid attention to them. You know, we've been t- living together for over a decade now, and I never looked into these tubes. This time I decided, well, what's in here? Why am I carrying these around? It was all my old Star Wars posters from when Corey and I, when Corey lived at, we lived with uh, our parents way back in the day. So man, I was oh, nice I, find. It was a sweet, sweet score. I couldn't believe I still had those. Like, and there was a bunch of other stuff in there too. So I, Jackpot. I, yeah, man. I was. I was. Yeah, it's a trip down memory lane, baby. Like even I was at Kyle's house yesterday, and he was like, "Check this out," and it's like clear as day. Like I remembered all those posters, man. Even though they're they're a bit beat up, which is fine. You know, they're posters. And these but, are game worn posters, man. These have years of of adornment on my walls. Indeed. 
And so now they're not, they're back up. They're back up on the walls. A couple of them uh, made it into my, my new Tumbling Saber Studios uh, as clearing out the storage room allotted me some space. So I am in the storage room now. <laughs> but it, I've got a lot more space and I don't have to worry about waking up the kids as I'm on the other side of the house. Uh, which is good. Whoa, 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 slow down, slow down. With Christmas coming up, we need to know more about the uh, this new studio. Security tighter or? Don't worry, James. I got you covered on this. Yeah, you're, you're good, Corey. We, we, we don't have to worry? Don't worry. I got the schematics. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. You're not supposed to reveal that on air. <laughs> Just an FYI. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I put those posters back up. So it was like the, the Style A, A New Hope poster, and then the, the I guess, teaser posters for Empire and Jedi. So the the black one with Vader's head on it, and then the just the lightsaber, the, the hands holding the lightsaber for the uh, the last Jedi, po- or Return of the Jedi poster. Yeah, gorgeous, man. Doesn't say revenge on it, does it? That would be cool. Oh, so happy to find those. Good for you. That's Yeah, that is a good score, because that's the kind of thing when you don't see it for a while, you just assume... That's never coming back. Well, it's funny because I think when I was talking to Bradley on the last Worthy of Recognition, I'm pretty sure I'm, I don't know if I mentioned it. Maybe we were, it was off offline where we talked about it. I think I specifically mentioned I threw those out. Somehow in my mind, I recalled throwing those out when, when I moved out of the house. But no, they're here. <laughs> yeah, you would have been an idiot to have thrown those out. Maybe he did throw them out, Corey, in the wills. You know the wills. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. <laughs> But if no, no, it doesn't. If like if it was the wills, it would have ended up in my possession. Uh, whoa, the, 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 the play the long game, my friend. Well, I'm, I am. Game. I'm playing the long game on X-wing, Luke. This is your version <laughs> of the long game. Please. <laughs> yeah, Christmas is in what three weeks, and this. I don't know. And my birthday's in like four or five weeks. Like, man, hit hit, you know, two birds with one stone, bro. Like that, I think that should get me immunity from your birthday and Christmas gifts for like for a while. I don't know, man. I'm pretty generous when it comes to giving. <laughs> you know, if you <laughs> if if you laminate them, you could cut them into jigsaw puzzles and give them just one piece at a time for the next several Christmases. Oh dear. <laughs> I'd still take it probably. Anyway, that the Empire Strikes Back poster, I just I had to put that one up. It's, it's got a prime spot in my Star Wars uh, home theater room, which is slowly coming together. But I like I like the way it's looking. All right, so guys, this is I'm taking a tangent here because I got a message from a friend the other day. Actually, it was it was yesterday, and he's like, "WTF is this?" And it was just a black and white image of the Star Wars Holiday Special, the poster. i'm tempted to read the whole conversation here but it's maybe more of a sith disturbers thing but essentially as i said just turn around walk away forget this conversation ever happened but he he was committed he said i've got it i have to watch this i said dude as bad as you think this is this can be it's a hundred times worse as low as you think it, it can go it gets worse anyway he he plowed ahead and i said just Send me your thoughts once you're done, because you will be a changed man. And so he sent me his review. And I'm going to try and get through this. It's a, it's a little lengthy, and I have a pretty rocking head cold here, but I think this is worth the time. It's pretty funny. So this is from my friend Matt, who I, I told him I was going to do this. So here we go. 
This voyage begins with discovery. There it was in front of me, the image of a poster from 1978. Proof it existed, the, the Star Wars Holiday Special. How had I missed this? How had I never seen it? I have friends who are expert on the subject. Surely they know I love everything from the galaxy far, far away. Surely they know I am a man that runs deep with holiday spirit. I reached out to a man I knew would have an answers, a guru of everything Star Wars, my good friend Kyle. That's me. The message, nay, the warning I received in return heated caution. To paraphrase, you can't possibly imagine how bad this is. Turn back now before it's too late. There was certainty, maybe even fear in his voice. I've never been one to back down in the face of a challenge. I survived Jar Jar and lived to tell the tale. So with a little research and much to George Lucas's dismay, I found a copy and literally got my popcorn ready. The first thing I notice is that this special, this special interrupted the regularly scheduled episodes of The Incredible Hulk and Wonder Woman. Shame on them! Then it begins. The Falcon is racing towards me. Imperial ships in tow. There is hope! Han is at the controls. Chewie by his side. There is hope! There is hope! That is where the hope begins and ends. From that point on, I don't fully understand what I watched. First, there are transitions from badly drawn cartoon backgrounds to what can only be described as a long-forgotten set from reading Rainbow. We meet Chewie's family, waiting for his arrival for a special holiday. Then we experience a Cirque du Soleil performance and accept that I'm certain he has never seen the special. I have thought this is where Guy La Liberté got his inspiration. Given the option to rewatch that scene or the scene from Deliverance, I may choose Deliverance. This is followed by a simulated holiday cooking show and three absurd musical performances. One of these by Jefferson Starship. These are and just Arthur. disturbing. <laughs> I wished immediately I could unsee and definitely unhear the performances. The cartoon that follows is the highlight of the special without any doubt. It has a 70s, 80s Hanna-Barbera charm and almost has a narrative. Understand the compliment. This is the, <laughs> this is the best of a very bad set of features. Intertwined with these features is the main storyline. Think Dolly coming home to Kenny for Christmas in between some musical duets, but way worse. I think there were attempts at comedy. The only funny thing about the special is how nonsensical it is, and I'm sure that was unintentional. The final scene of Wookiees walking peacefully into what seems to be the sun may prevent me from sleeping for the rest of eternity. Sure, there are cameos of the familiar characters and actors. This by no means saves the special. It is questionable that they even participated. What is clear is Carrie Fisher, rest in peace, seems intoxicated during filming. If she was, good for her. It may have been the only thing that kept it bearable. A year and a half before this aired, Star Wars was released and changed movie making and watching forever. Watching this holiday special has in fact changed me forever. I now bear deep scars in my psyche that can never be undone. I was warned. <laughs> what's that, well done. What, what's honestly amazing, Matt, about the, the holiday special is the fact... Which Matt is this? This is Mr. Balser. Yeah, for sure. It's, I knew it was Balser. I, I was about 99% sure, but you didn't say it before, so I'm like, he would have told me it was Balser because I know him. Yeah, that is that is our good buddy, Balser. I want to I want to comment a couple of things. First of all, uh, I'm impressed and a little disappointed with one tiny part 
the reading rainbow reference reminds me of of um lavar burton which is a star trek reference so you, you it doesn't belong <laughs> um and the and the other thing the other thing matt is you called it you referred to it as the holiday special like six times and after the first two minutes after you lost all hope um you should never call it uh, the holiday special again because there's nothing special about it <laughs> oh it's special <laughs> what, what, what's really thing amazing is, this though thing, this thing is so it's so bad this is what I was telling Matt like it's so bad <laughs> that it's I mean it, it, it's beyond putrid The as bad as you think it can be it's beyond putrid but it goes all the way around the dial and almost becomes worth watching because it's so bad like it's a it's a marvel no. to behold I'd say it goes past that there's some it goes there is stuff like that that's so bad it's good Sharknado like, uh, Fubar yeah, well, yeah. but either way, I, I think this is so bad that it's just bad. I don't know that it's good. Well, yeah, well, like it's enjoyable. You can no, I, I don't know. Uh, it's unbearable. Well, see, he, it's he unbearable. He made the mistake of watching it alone. If you, I think, if you yeah, that, watch it with a couple buddies, that is a mistake. And you can just you can just crack up and laugh and and just feel the horror. And he said, "I saw it on a fifty-five inch surround sound. Thankfully, I thankfully in bed so I could go fetal." And I just recommend it. The best thing to do now is soak yourself in kerosene, flick a match, and let nature take its course. <laughs> and yeah, it's bad. That, that was there was definitely some uh, <clears throat> some heavy drug influence in the, in that. But like again, the, the the most amazing thing about that is how you know Star Wars was so successful, so amazing. They said we got to do this holiday special, and this holiday special was so incredibly atrocious. But Star Wars afterward thrived like this holiday special could very well have been like the Batman 66 of of this franchise you know what I mean it could have just taken the legs right out of everything and just be like Star Wars is a friggin joke man like did you see the holiday special like who's gonna go see Empire Strikes Back now you know what I mean well, it could I, I have very well done that Lucas's because he tried to kill this thing both I think before and after it came out like he had nothing to do with this thing other than he created mm-hmm. the characters he was he was busy with Empire so he didn't write this direct it edit it he had no part of it it's it's not good and and I wonder too like did you ever consider that maybe that's what the empire's striking back against? It was well, it wasn't uh, the rebels. It was the holiday special. <laughs> Deservedly so. Anyway, I told him I said uh-huh. if you want a nice palate cleanser, uh, the thing you should do now is go on YouTube again and look for the Donnie and Marie special on Star Wars, which is uh, also equally frightening. The guys at Gen X Wing did a did a breakdown of that. It's uh, a little more well put together, though. Well, is it? I, th- I, I think well, the production. I mean, it's not. It's not the grand endeavor that the holiday special is. But uh, it it is in the same vein of, wow, like people just wanted to tack their name to Star Wars, at that time. Anyway, glad I got that out of the way, but. Uh, yeah, I guess with the holidays here, it seemed appropriate to at least mention the holiday special, and hopefully we never have to talk about it ever again. Oh, it'll come back up. Oh, probably. Okay. Um, so, James, you're back. So, I, f- I feel like we should talk a little bit of Tolkien, I, and I feel comfortable doing so, A, because, hey, this is our show. We can do what we want. And I feel like there's enough crossover anyway, at, at least amongst our, our longtime listeners, that they won't mind us this little detour. There's not a lot of Star Wars news. I'm starting to avoid uh, a lot of the news and TV spots, so we're not even going to be talking about that stuff this week. So I figure we got a few minutes here to talk some Tolkien. Is that, is that okay with you? 
always okay with me. <laughs> well, first, I guess we should we should again plug the, an unexpected podcast, which is it's it's in I guess in pre production, right? Like you guys, you and ads have already uh, gotten to gotten down to brass tacks here. We have. We've actually got. Um, it's funny. I, th- this episode will drop after I tell ads this, so it's okay that I'm gonna. I'll tell you guys first. He doesn't know this yet. But um, we, we canned episode one. It's, 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 it's in the can. And we recorded episode two tonight, but we're going to scrap it and we're going to do it again because um, I'm not happy with it. And he doesn't know that yet. <laughs> <laughs> this all sounds so familiar. <laughs> it's not the quality of the uh, – it's not a problem. There was no technical problem. It's just we tried to do too much in one episode. And so we're going to break the same amount of content into two. Because we're learning as we go. Oh, so you, you, but, you um, pulled yeah. a Batman versus Superman? <laughs> exactly right, <laughs> and it's a and, it, and it's a jumbled mess. I, I listened to it back, and I thought at first I thought we'd be able to save it with editing. And, and long story short, we're gonna just do it in two shows. Uh, well, this, but yeah, this so is Silmarillion, right? It is. We're, well, we're going we're going through chapter by chapter, and we thought we could do the first chapter and introduce sort of the all the characters from the first chapter in one hour, Ooh. and you can't. It, yeah, it's that dense, <laughs> yeah. is it? It's only it's only like eleven pages the first chapter too, but it's, there's just so much going on in terms of introductions that we're gonna we're gonna do it in two shots now. And by the time January first rolls around, we should have maybe three or four shows in the can, and that's when we plan on on dropping it. Because you know, there's no point in going head to head with the holidays and Star Wars. People people are busy. No, and it's it's good to to drop three or four episodes at once. I think people can give a little mini binge. And get real deep in. And I don't think we'll drop them all at once. I want to keep at least one in the hopper. Since we won't be doing a lot of news stuff, I I want to have the flexibility to like, if we have a problem one week, a technical problem or scheduling problem, and that that's more what I'm worried about with the two time zones, um, that we have one ready to go sort of. Yeah, that's reserve. a great idea. That is actually a very good idea. We tried to do that once upon a time here with with uh, Sith Disturbers and all these other secondary shows that we have. Just record it the week before, just in case. But uh, that there's too much Star Wars news. It fell apart. Well, not even Tumbling Saber. Just you know, Sith Disturbers, uh, Journals of the Willing. Let's let's do it the week before, and then like I have a whole week to sit on it and and polish it up. But yeah, no, that fell apart like immediately. So James, I had a question for you, and. It, I guess it's aimed at people who have not yet gotten into Tolkien, either by the films or, but specifically by reading. And I tried to poke around online, and I got zero consensus. So where does somebody start? Do like do they start with the easiest read, which is probably The Hobbit, and then follow that through to Lord of the Rings, or should they back up and and read The Silmarillion and get the whole scope of Middle Earth and the whole mythology? But there's I I found people giving answers for almost everything and there's zero consensus. So what's your take? So I will say that I think it depends on a few things. I think it depends on if you've seen the movies. Um, My answer would be different if you have and haven't. And I think it depends on how old you are. Good, Mm. good answer. Good answer, man. Um, Yeah. yeah, You're not going to point a 10 year old to the Silmarillion. Well, ten, no, certainly not a ten-year-old, and but even I think I wouldn't point uh, an eighteen to twenty-five-year-old in the same place I would point a twenty-five to, you know, sixty-year-old. I think, I 
yeah, I, I think those the, the, that would change my answer in a couple of ways. And so if you've seen the movies, the Lord of the Rings movies, but you haven't read any of the books, I would say read the Lord of the Rings books first. Um, just because you, you, you know names and you, you know the story. And while it is a much denser read than The Hobbit is, uh, if you know the movie, that's, that's an easier transition. But if you haven't seen the movie and you haven't read the books, I would say, um, for most people, I would say do The Hobbit first. I think it's hard to do The Hobbit um, second uh, in, in books because it's, it's so much different in tone. It's, it's so much a young uh, juvenile. It's so much more juvenile that, um, that yeah, if you've read the, just read the book first, then you try to read that, it just feels too different. Yeah, good answer. Well, is, yeah. is there other divides in Tolkien fandom? Like, in, like there are in, I guess, essentially any fandom, like are there lines split? Like, is there, is there like a, a, a snobby section of, of Tolkien fandom and a more casual side? Yes, <laughs> there definitely is. Uh, I will say that there's a definite divide in some places between liking the movies and liking the books, and you're not allowed to like both. And and, and there's a snobbish side coming from the book people um, who who look down their nose at the movies, especially the Hobbit movies, which I, I mean I think are crap too. But I don't I don't look down at my nose necessarily on people who like them. There is some merit to them and there's things to, to like about them. I just, they don't scratch my itches. I'm on the same boat as you there, man. I like the movies, yeah. like the Lord of the Ring t- trilogy, even like the Fellowship Loved. was well done. Loved. Um, but yeah, so there's a divide there and there's also, I'd say there's also divide like people who've read the Silmarillion, it's they're in like the club and so they, they can be some looking down on first timers, which makes it, which just sucks because it's not an easy read and it's not, it's not accessible. It's not the kind of thing you can just pick up and, and do easily. And so to, to ask people questions is, is helpful. And so that attitude I think sucks. It is. I mean, that's gatekeeping, right? Absolutely. And you know, yeah, I get it. Like I get why you feel you people, some people want to feel special, but it's so, it's such a wonderful, amazing world. I, I, I just want to share it with other people, so I'm, I'm I come from the other the other side of things. Yeah, this, the the enthusiast perspective. I mean, in depth enthusiasm, but just just yeah, jump in and enjoy it. Don't you don't have to. Well, well, I guess we can answer it this way. What would Tolkien himself have wanted? Do we do we know that answer? Is that out there? Like, would he have cared that people study the text for what it is, or just hey, just read a book, stupid? Um. Well, if you really. We want to spend a couple of minutes here. I'll go quickly. But Dave Donovan and I, who says hi, by the way, um, he, he did send me a text to, to tell you guys hello. Hi, Dave. Um, yeah, we were debating or talking about specifically this right an hour ago. And the idea, have you heard of uh, Death of the Author? It's a concept, literary concept uh, based on a book by a, f- a French guy. Have you heard of that? Uh, vaguely, yeah. Qu- quickly, it's the idea that like the author's intentions are, are not that important. And books are meant to be read, not written. And so the reader's take is at least as important, if not more so, than the author's intentions. Kind of, okay. kind of like once you create something and put it out there, it's no longer really yours. Right. Um, and some people don't like that idea. And, and so when I told that, I suggested that to Dave. Um, he said, you know, he said like, oh, yuck, I, the, 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 I don't like the sound of that. And I think Tolkien would hate it. And I don't. I don't think Tolkien would hate it. I think... 
I think Tolkien, he says some, something specifically about the idea that good secondary creation, good storytelling uh, should enable people to draw their own um, their own conclusions from their own life. It should be relatable. And so the authors may not intend for people to take and relate to certain things, but if it's real enough, then that will inevitably happen. Um, and so I think he would be on board with, with uh, people taking sort of their own interpretation of things. Okay. That yeah, sounds fair enough. So he, he's, he's okay. Like if, whether you're a snob or a, a casual fan, he's probably okay with either side. I think so. I mean, although I, I also know that he'd probably hate the movies, you know. Well, that yeah, that so, was my next question. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would like to think that he's of the opinion that he would, in the least, like people to respect and this works enough to like understand them, take the time to understand them, and not just like breeze through them. You know, like you, you the way you talk about them, James, and what what everything I've ever heard about the Silmarillion is just. That it's it's heavy, heavy, heavy stuff, and even the Lord of the Rings for me, like the whole trilogy was, it's pretty like, it was kind of heavy reading for me. It wasn't exactly the first time I read it. it wasn't like okay, like this is super easy. Like at points, I was like, man, okay, I gotta reread reread this page, man. Like, well, and it's the language too, right? It's, that's it, it. It's not language that we we. It's not written in modern vernacular, so it's it's that's a bit tough. But yeah, I think um, the reason I don't think Tolkien. J.R.R. would like it was because Christopher didn't like the movies and 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 you'd think his father would be at least as um, at least as uh, judgmental or at least as old fashioned or old school in his approach to storytelling and if if Christopher didn't like them I don't think his dad would have I think that the very idea of trying to put all that on screen might have turned him off yeah that's like, probably it wouldn't shock it. me and if 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 Tolkien didn't own a TV that wouldn't shock me at all. I, I just learned recently that, like, when he wrote the books, he he tried not to use any any words that um, any modern words, any words that that originated after eighteen hundred, and preferably like he wanted older words, like four, five, six hundred years oh old, like God. words from the fourteen hundreds and before. Yeah, <laughs> it's why it's why in in uh, the original version of the Hobbit, he calls what the Hobbits smoke tobacco, but tobacco is a pretty modern word. So in in later in Lord of the Rings, which was written later, and, and even later editions of The Hobbit, uh, some stuff was edited to pipe weed, which is a m just much older terminology. Wow. For, for the same thing. Yeah. Interesting. There we go. There you go. A little side tangent of, of Tolkien talk. That's not, not a bad thing. It's a good thing. That's always fun for me. So, yeah, we've got the Unexpected podcast coming out in January, and, and just stay tuned. I mean, uh, we're, we're going to have some fun talking about the Silmarillion, which is a pretty fun story if you take it in small doses. Yeah, and well, you've, you've got the Facebook page up and the Twitter account going, so I encourage everybody to go and follow along. Step by step. All right, so it's, again, like I said, it's a light news week, and I, like I said, I'm intentionally leaving some stuff out. Uh, for example, uh, Daisy's interviews on Good Morning America and, and live with Kelly and Ryan, uh, the latest TV spots. I, I don't want to alien, alienate excuse me, anybody else. So, Bradley, you can feel free to stick around for the entire time. That is my intention this week. Um, so I, I've got a, couple, a few scattered thoughts that I just want to throw out there for discussion. But the first one is maybe slightly spoilery, but it, it's on, it takes place from within the trailer itself. 
So we've all, I think we've all seen that. So no need to run away. Uh, but I had a new thought on Leia and the Resistance. So I'm wondering, could she be presumed dead after the escape from Dakar? And could she have a heroic return uh, for the crate scenes? And I ask that because we, we got a glimpse of Poe uh, staring out from the cockpit, cockpit of his X-Wing at a massive explosion. Massive explosion. And I've lost track of all the EW stuff, but there was something that came out in, over the last couple of days, um, specifically about Kylo's TIE silencer. And just one real quick quote. Uh, so Bradley, cover your ears for the next uh, 15 seconds if you want. But the TIE silencer is a sleek new fighter designed for speed and destruction. And in one deep space battle, it will deliver a shot through the heart of the resistance. That certainly seems to support the idea that Kylo will take out someone of significance. And we know about the reported uh, injury to, to Leia. Is that what where this is driving towards? Kind of seems that way. Like, all signs since the beginning have really pointed toward Leia. We've talked about this many times. Like, since last year, you know, there were reports of Leia kind of... The middle part of this film should be sitting on the sidelines for some reason... Let it be, like you just said, that's a new theory I haven't heard yet. Presumed dead. Very possible. What we've heard is that she somehow manages to save herself by using the Force, but that would be cool having her come back, but I don't know if that's so much the case, uh, just because she seems to be right back in the mix into the fold on crate. but it is possible, you know? Like, she could play an even bigger role in this film that we don't know about yet, you know? Yeah, well, you know that... When we, those shots of Finn where he's got the, he's wearing that biohexacrypt thing. I wonder if that like high collared gown that Leia's wearing is some sort of healing suit too. <laughs> I would she's say just no. Styling. Yeah, she's just styling. But she looks dark in this movie. Wow. Hard to say. She's in mourning. I, I like it. I, I like the idea of it, and it makes. We know, you know, it's the kind of thing that as the storytellers and. Uh, you know, try, trying to anticipate what the audience is is anticipating, and and they and we know that she's gonna die in this um, in this movie, or at least we think we know uh, she's not going to be in the next one. So, um, if they do it more than once, like if they if they fake do it and they fake us out early, um, I, yeah, I could definitely see that. And then she's presumed dead for a, a period of time and, and makes some sort of reappearance. I, that all makes a lot of sense, Kyle. I could definitely see that. You know, you know what they're the, yeah. Also, another thing just to keep in mind when you think about Leia's character in this is, for us, we've had two years to deal with Han's death. Like, in this film, she's probably had maybe, could be a day, a minute, a week, at most, maybe? Um, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, well, it's seamless, right? I mean, it all, I think it all depends on how long they spend on Dakar and how long that trip from, from Dakar to Acto took. There's some, there's some passage of time there. So yeah, I don't know. Is it days? Is it a couple weeks? No clue. But Whatever. yeah, she's, she's still she's, she's still, still grieving, you know. Yeah. She's clearly still in mourning. All right. So uh, next thing that I I wanted to talk to you guys about another random thought. So you guys think back to what, April at Star Wars Celebration, we first saw that that teaser trailer, and we heard Luke's voiceover saying to Ray uh, to reach out. What do you see? And Ray replies, "Light, dark, and the balance." You remember that, Corey? How could I forget? Now, I think it was in TV spot number 10. Yeah, I've heard another version of it. Yeah, the, 
light, dark, and something else. What is up with that, Corey? I don't know. It's just one of those uh, one of those misleads. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe they didn't like all this balance talk. People like you saying they can't have the balance. They can't rehash the prophecy. Good, because <laughs> good. The second version is much more interesting to me. Way more interesting to me. Well, the something else one kind of just from what we've seen, you know, with further on in that scene, I almost it almost seems to me like she's been she's going at it, or she sees Snoke or whatever Snoke is, whatever he rep- represents in the Force. Well, wouldn't he be the dark? I think, yeah, but well, no, not necessarily. Like, like what? I don't know. That scene where she's stuck there. The, again, maybe that's not it. I hope it's bigger than that in a way. So, who knows, man? Uh, I th- I think if if they're referring to the gray, which they might be, could be, maybe, likely are. I think if they're referring to the gray. Something else works better than balance because balance can be confused, like Corey said, with trilogy. So maybe it just didn't it didn't test well or it was too confusing. Or, you know, by design they changed the words just to mislead us. But if she is talking about the gray, to say something else, um, I think is way less confusing to fans who have watched everything than to say the light, the dark, and the balance, which we sort of already know or have heard about the balance before, and we haven't heard about the something else, which could refer to the gray. Does that make sense? Yeah. It yeah, could, and that's why I find it so like much more that, interesting. Cause, I mean, there's, that there's, mystery. Yeah, and like balance, I mean, just, it's, again, it's, it's been done. I'd rather them I, I think they're still going to head down that, like her having said that, I think they're still going to head down that path, but just changing of the words, that's something else she sees, it's elusive, whatever it is, it could still kind of mean that in the long run. But she's just really not able to describe it at first the way she did in the original trailer. Possibly, but I I, I found it interesting, and I, I had had not seen much talk about the fact that there's two versions of that that uh, dialogue going around. It's funny. I, I picked up on that as well. Guys, you have to excuse me just for a sec. My youngest is screaming his head off. I'll be back. All right. Sorry, guys. All right. So Corey, next thing here, um, the soundtrack for the Last Jedi drops in a couple weeks. The same day as the movie comes out. And I'm going to have instant access to it on Spotify. And I've, str- I've struggled with this, I, I, even with Rogue One and with The Force Awakens. Do I listen before seeing the movie? Or will that give away too much of the vibe? Yeah, you'd be a fool. You'd be an absolute fool, bro. You've waited two years. Uh, you're going to look at the titles, the names, the sequence, the chronology... Just wait one more day. You crack it open first thing in the morning, man. <laughs> That's going to be tough. It's going to be there. And I'm, I'm going to get a, an alert for it. I'll get to work. I'll I'll break open my iPad. And it's going to say, uh, the soundtrack for The Last Jedi is now available to listen. Ah, I have to, have to like, swipe right and get rid of that, that alert. Yeah, you got to swipe right, bro. <laughs> Just have some willpower, man. Seriously. Well, that's what I've done the previous years. I, I have not listened... Or looked at the the track titles until I've seen the movie. So, it's been two years though. Honestly, come on. Like, do you really? Because you will gain insight. You will be able to glean something from that, man. Like, don't don't do it, man. Oh yeah, I mean the TFA title tracks uh, they leaked well in advance of the movie, and we got a bunch. Like you could tell, you could tell a whole bunch of stuff from the titles. Uh, nothing. I mean, not specific, but you were able to get the bones of the movie. 
So anyway, yeah, probably skip it. Though I don't guarantee it. So did you catch any of the global press event or anything at all over the last couple of days? Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you did catch some stuff? Oh, yeah, I caught uh, Daisy Ridley, um, who she was. I think she was with Fallon. I saw Boyega, and then I saw the whole casting crew on Kimmel as well. Yeah, I, w- I was absolutely shocked that there was no clip. Yeah, it was kind of funny, eh? They get must have ran out of time or whatever, but... Uh... No, I don't think they ran out of time. I don't think... Because they would have they would have been teasing it throughout the show. Stick around. We got a clip from The Last Jedi to, to show you guys. and it, it's, That's always at the end of the show. I, w- I was stunned that they, they ended the show and they gave us nothing. I mean, I'm I'm happy. I'm not I'm not upset about it, but I I'm, didn't want I'm any really more tidbits. Surprised. Yeah, nothing. If they would have just showed us another generic trailer, fine, whatever. Anyone who's there in that theater, or anyone probably watching, you know, would have has already seen it, and I, I don't want to see anymore at this point. I'm good, man. Yeah, uh, I I don't need to see anymore either. Like, I if if you know on Friday night watching Kimmel, if they had said, "Here's an exclusive clip from Star Wars: The Last Jedi," I I would have stood there and watched it we'd be talking about it right now i think but uh no they just ended the show but it was still a f- it was still fun to see the, the cast and crew together yeah definitely i mean some people really have felt bad for oscar isaac he didn't get to say all that much no one really got all to say that much except for hamill uh yeah, mostly mark daisy everyone got to say a little tidbit there but uh adam driver very little oscar isaac very little yeah well i mean they brought out Mark Hamill and Daisy and Adam Ryan Johnson Driver. first, right? And Adam Driver. And, uh, yeah. So they brought those four out first for the first segment. And then for the second half, they brought out everybody else. So Oscar Isaac and Laura Dern, Kelly Marie Tran, John Boyega, Andy Serkis. Is that all of them? Did I get everybody? Anyway, close uh, enough, right? Gwendolyn Christie. Oh, right. Of course. Gwendolyn Christie. So they brought all those people out. And yeah, not too many people got much in, like... I, I thought John Boyega, I, I see John Boyega as a chatterbox, and he barely got anything, anything in. He's he's a, yeah, he's pretty charismatic. I, I liked him on Fallon. He was funny. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. There's nothing to not, not like about John Boyega. But did did uh, anything jump out at you? Uh, Steel Wars. Yeah, <laughs> Jason yeah. Ward. Congrats uh, yeah, to them. Steel I saw Wars them right away. In the crowd along with uh, Jason Ward. Yeah, I was kind of stoked about that. I'd, I'd seen them tweeting about stuff prior about being in the crowd, and I was like, oh, I wonder if I'll see them, you know? And I saw them twice during the uh, the episode, so that was pretty interesting. Yeah, that was pretty Once cool. Once the, the camera was right on them. And yeah. even uh, Jimmy Kimmel kind of mentioned something about them, too. Like, yeah, that guy that uh, hates uh, your theory or whatever, you know? Yeah, he's, he, all, 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 he hates all Snoke theories. It's like, no way. Yeah, he was right there. Pretty cool stuff. Um... So I guess for me the only interesting thing. So Kimmel said, "Come on, you got you got to give us something. What can you tell us about the movie?" Ryan Johnson's yeah. literally squirming in his seat to give us something. And so that they he spoiled the first word spoken in the film. Should I should I should I repeat that here? Yeah, it's nothing. He's he felt he's <laughs> like cuz Jimmy Kimmel said he's like, "Do you give us the first word?" He's like, "Oh, oh yeah, I can do that." Yeah, I mean it's it's nothing, right? You can't get anything it's out of nothing. that. Not much. So the first word spoken in The Last Jedi is we're. Yeah, as in we. Uh, we are. W-E apostrophe R-E. Interesting stuff. But at a, a subsequent press event, 
an interviewer managed to get him to say the second word of the film. Ooh. Yeah. Should I, should I drop that here? Do it. I want to hear it. Is it here? No. Hmm. The second word from The Last Jedi is not. Hmm. I have no more words, everybody. <laughs> if they're out there, I don't know, but I won't spoil them here. That's it. Um, is it the Ryan Johnson Q&A earlier in the week, did you partake in that at all? I didn't send him any questions, but I definitely saw that you had sent him one. I was kind of hoping he'd answer, but he didn't. Uh, well, I don't know that he. Yeah, no. I don't know that he chooses the the questions he wants to answer so much as a publicist says here here. Yeah, I, I liked my question. I thought it was innocuous enough for for him to answer it with a yes or a no. Hey guys, hey, sorry to. Uh, I'm back. Everything under control. Yeah. I took care of, well, no, my wife's got him in her arms and I, I may have to duck out again. But while I was away, I got, I managed to secure the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth words of the upcoming movie. <laughs> in Kansas, anymore, Toto. <laughs> Uh-oh. It's another remake. Uh, yeah, sorry about that, guys, but I am back. Now. No problem. So I, I'd asked, I, I had submitted a question for Ryan Johnson's Q&A, and I hope one day somebody else asks him. Maybe I'll keep throwing it at him until he answers it. But I wanted to know from the guy, because he's been a filmmaker for a number of years, and he's been a Star Wars fan forever. I wonder if, you know, in these dreams he must have had about making a Star Wars movie, whether he was 10 years old or 30 years old, whenever that first, I could do a Star Wars movie some point in my life whenever that first dream popped in his head did anything from those dreams make its way into into the movie that we're about to watch that's all i wanted him to answer that's a yes or no question the vulptex sure whatever uh, you know a specific starter story with a giant cannon underneath maybe that is something he fantasized about forever who knows but hopefully we get that answer someday um all right, so we yeah we got a glorified TV spot during the the magical world of Disney, that one hour show that or two hour show if I mean if you could stomach two hours of boy bands, good on you. Did did you sit through that, Corey? Nope. I I only tuned in towards the end. I wanted to make sure I caught it, but cool little you know glorified TV spot. I think it was about thirty seconds. Again, we're not going to talk about it here, but. Uh, yeah, we're in full effect now. It's it's going to be a whole lot of press stuff that we may or may not talk about here. Like I said, I don't want to alienate anybody. But what I do want to talk about next is this Rolling Stone cover story. Did you guys check this out? Yeah. Yep. All right, so uh, James, before you get pulled away, anything jump out at you? Uh, I'm sorry that you're saying that, but I actually do have to run exactly this. <laughs> I'm... I'll be back in two seconds, cool. guys. All right, Corey, over to you. Uh, anything jump out at you about this? Specifically with, with Mark and Adam Driver, because I've got a couple things on on Daisy Ridley's part. Okay. Um, well, I like that Adam Driver was kind of weary of the character and the role at first. And J.J. Abrams kind of convinced him and said, like, like, this is a great role. Like, this is what we want to do, kind of. Like, it's very complex, very great acting role. That's kind of that pitch kind of got him on board because at first he was 
again, very weary of taking on the role and being in a Star Wars film. But uh, it seems like he's happy with it. And again, his uh, his rapport with uh, Ryan Johnson and how confident and easygoing Ryan Johnson was made it easier for him. And again, also how he said that uh, working with Daisy Ridley was was pretty special. How could it not be? Well, what about okay and uh, Mark Hamill? Uh, oof. I thought it was interesting that he couldn't think about the the magnitude of the role, like what exactly was going on, uh, what he was, what they were doing, what they were trying to accomplish there. Because he said if he had, it would have like overwhelmed him and stressed him out. So it's in his mind, he kind of almost had to think of the project as like a an indie out art house project in a way, you know, just to to get his mind off of the saga, so to speak. Like he. He didn't want to think about it, man. Like, he just wanted to perform and not have that burden. Well, yeah, I mean, he said a lot of times now that he wasn't sure at the beginning when they first discussed the idea and first presented it to him that, you know, we're, we're, we're bringing Star Wars back and you're we need you back. He wasn't on board at first. Yeah, he, he said all of us, His one of his conditions was it was Harrison, uh, Carrie, and himself had to be there. Yeah, which is wow. I mean, it was it was it was close. I mean, once he, I think it was Harrison. Once he said Harrison was in, he said that you know, done. I'm 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 back. All right. So I thought that uh, Daisy did offer up a couple things that I think are worth talking about. Did you know, Corey, that Daisy Ridley was in Montreal? I did not. And I didn't hear anything about it. No. I knew nothing about this. Like, I feel like our city's been blessed, and we didn't even know. She was here for three months, man. I, I, I kind of went off a little bit with Tim, talking about this the other day. Three months she was here in Montreal shooting a movie. And, and Tom Holland was here as well. Like, he's nothing short of a treasure himself. How did we not know this? Yeah, it's kind of odd. I didn't see it in any of the papers, nothing, nothing on the internet about it. Very odd. Uh, well, yeah, we, I, I guess we don't read the French language gossip rags because I'm sure something must have been in there. Anyway, uh, there's a quote about Ray's parentage. Uh, I'll read that quote. Unlike almost every, everyone else in the world, Ridley has known for years who Ray's parents are, since Abram, Abrams told her on the set of The Force Awakens. Ridley believes that nothing ever changed. She said, I thought what I was told in the beginning is what it is. Which is odd because Johnson insists he had free reign to come up with any answer he wanted to the question. I wasn't given any directive as to what that had to be, he says. I was never given the information that she is this or she is that. The idea that Johnson and Abram somehow landed on the same answer does seem to suggest that Ray's parents aren't some random, never-before-seen characters. All that said, Abram's cryptically hints there may have been more coordination between him and Johnson than the latter director has let on. So who knows what's going on here? They may be messing with us to preserve one of Abrams' mystery or precious mystery boxes. So, I, Corey, for, for all the great things Ryan Johnson has said and, and done, I think he goes out of his way a bit too much in saying that he had full autonomy and that nothing was dictated to him. And I'm not saying he's lying or that things he was mandated to do this, that, or the other. 
But I think it's pretty clear that he and Abrams have a shared vision and that they have been sharing crib notes and working together maybe a bit more than what he's led on. Like there, there is a shared vision here, right? I would think so. I don't think Disney's that willing to take – I've said this for a long time. I don't think Disney's willing to take the risk, Lucasfilm, whatever – willing to take that risk with this franchise like they have to have a game plan they can't just they couldn't have just gone haphazardly into it saying okay we're gonna run with it director by director like i'm sure there's some kind of loose storyline they're following here and you know jj's mystery box is something i'm, I'm really interested in so uh the more coordination the better on my for me anyhow yeah i mean i, I don't know that it goes up as high as lucas like the head of lucasfilm or and definitely not up to disney but I think from a creative standpoint, when you when you know you're going to be doing this trilogy, you know taking the the baton from somebody else, you're going to talk to that person to see where their head was at. You're going to want to talk to that person to you know give me some insight on this character, that character, and let's. I mean, it only makes sense that you're you're taking this character's story next and pushing it forward. You don't want to just take a left turn because it suits you. It's got to make sense to what was laid out before. So, yeah, yeah exactly. It has to it has to make sense for what's going to be played out in the future as well. You can't just like write someone into a corner, kind of, you know. Of course. So yeah, I mean, again, I'm not I'm not calling Ryan Johnson a liar. I I think I I just think that he's not as. Oh, I don't want to get myself into trouble. I think there's a, a there is a direction. There is, they do ha- they are working with a compass as a group, and I'll call him a liar. <laughs> Okay, that's Tommy Bombadil. He was lying. <laughs> he was lying, and that, there's nothing wrong with that. They have to lie sometimes. There's nothing wrong with lying to mislead us, and and you know, if he if he said exactly everything he knew, where would the suspense be? Yeah, I'm, I can I can make her parents anyone, and so that led us to talk about how maybe her parents are unknown characters. Maybe we, you know, that I think I think it's his job to lie sometimes. Here's another passage that got fandom all kind of lathered up so as far as ridley is concerned the future of ray is pretty much set she doesn't want to play the character after the next movie no she says flatly for me i didn't really know what i was signing on to i hadn't read the script but from what i could tell it was really nice people involved so i was just like awesome now i think i'm even luckier than i knew then to be part of something that feels so like coming home now but um doesn't that sound like a yes No, she says again, smiling. No, no, no. I am really, really excited to do the third thing and round it out because ultimately what I was signing on was to three... uh, What I was signing on to was three films. So in my head, it's three films. I think it will feel right to round it... Right time to round it out. They went on to ask her about... Oh, she's good. Her agents told her exactly what to say. Yeah. (laughs) And then they asked her about coming back in 30 years, which... don't Come on. Like, she's not even 30 herself. Don't ask her what she wants to do 30 years from now. But this, I didn't trust the quote when I first read it. It just didn't sound right to me. And I went back and forth in the TSW VIP group. I was speaking with Nathan, and neither of us really put a lot of stock into it. And, as it turns out, rightfully so, because today, days later, uh, Daisy cleared it up with this quote to the BBC. And she said... When I did sign up, I did sign up for three films, and that's where I sort of saw the story ending, she said. I think everyone has perhaps taken that as me going, 
I don't want anything to do with it, which is vastly untrue, because this is awesome. And she doesn't outright name Rolling Stone, but this quote dropping at this time, just a few days after that Rolling Stone story, pretty clear to me what she's talking about. I, I think this the the Rolling Stone story was doctored, edited to get to elicit a certain reaction that Ray's never coming back. And of course, we saw the articles flying all over the place. She's done. She's that out. Would, that, that would also mean the end of this this saga. You know, like uh, no. 10, 11, 12 either. That's kind of big news. Yeah, I mean... They... Well, not necessarily. She could die. Yeah, she could. That, that, yeah. <laughs> and then, it, then it becomes Kylo and Luke. Like, if she dies, like... Kylo? Kylo Uncle Luke? Kylo Uncle. Anyway, like, for, for me, all it Clunkle. ever meant was that she's not getting ahead of herself. That's how I... That was my first interpretation of that quote. And that, you know, I'm seeing people reacting out there going, oh, she's not coming back. This is, she's just not getting ahead of herself. She's, she knows she signed on for three movies. She's got to do the press for the second one. Then she's going to do a third one. Like maybe it's a bit much Star Wars for her to process right now. Like let's just let her deal with this before we start throwing another trilogy or another movie at her at some point. Like it's. I am. So much more cynical than you. I see. I see it as her saying, um, "I am under contract to do three movies, and I'm happily doing those three movies. And I don't want to say that I'd be excited to do more because that might hurt me in my negotiations of contract for the next movies. So I'll say, in my head, this ends in three movies, and we'll see where it goes oh, from there. 100%. And then a few a few days later, she she fan you know she, she just just to make it clear to the fandom who's panicking, she says. Uh, I'm not saying the ride's over for me. I'm just saying I'm not under contract after the third movie. That's that's, that's all it is. That is all yeah, it is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't don't give up leverage. I mean, she's not making a ton of money on these movies. I, I think she made. And I think the report is that she made 350k for the Force Awakens. I'm sure that's gone up not, for the Last Jedi. We're not scoffing at 350k, but at some point she's also going to want to be bankable if they keep writing uh, more more lines for her character, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's uh, I don't know. She's she's playing hard to get, maybe a little bit, which I you know, go for it, Daisy. Yep, because she's not playing hard to want very well. <laughs> no, uh, anybody wants this wants Daisy Ridley right now, but yep. it, it all it all brings back like the idea that these these articles they're all edited within an inch of their lives, an inch of their credibility. Think back earlier this year. Uh, when GQ interviewed Adam Driver. And quotes were massaged, again, to fit, fit the clickbaity headline that Ray is a princess. You remember that from a couple months ago? I do. Like, it was BS. And I felt it was BS at the time, and it turned out, yeah, it was, because Adam Driver came out a couple days later and said, uh, like, like, or actually, no, when you read the, I think when you read the full thing, it became clear that he wasn't talking about Ray. He was re- referencing another piece of fiction in regards to the princess. So I was like, come on, guys. Like, can you stop editing these things just to be intentionally misleading? It's ridiculous. Anyway, so specifically in this Rolling Stone piece, we never got to see the question that was actually put to her, which is a huge did you guys, red flag. I, I apologize if you did. You can just say yes and move on. But did you guys talk about how in the article... Um, Driver says Kylo's younger than himself. 
I don't know why he was so cagey about that. The answer to how old he is is already out there. He's Kylo's about 30. 30, 32 or something yeah. like that. He doesn't want to he be held accountable. He says, I don't want to... Well, I, I thought it interesting he said, uh, you know, I don't want to say how much younger because it might give stuff away. And that just make, leads me to believe that there's there's something about his age that's, in, you know... I don't know. I, don't I, know do, I just think he doesn't want to like, be held under the microscope when some fanboy's just like, but Adam Driver stated this, this, and the other, and which means this, this, and that. You know, he's just like... I mean, his let, birth is covered. His, we, like, we read about his birth in the Aftermath books. He's born in those books. We know where the, that is on the timeline. We know where TFA is on the timeline. There's no mystery about how old he is. I, I, I think that that just points to he doesn't follow all the online chatter among fandom. For sure he doesn't. And But so, but he does think that by giving the age away, he may be giving away his character's origin or Ray's origin or something. And so there's something to that that we'll, we'll look back later and go like, oh, that's why his age was important. Perhaps. Yeah, I thought that was weird, but it's, it's not the first time he has said something and been like, dude, we already know. Like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I just get so frustrated with these. It's one thing if, like, a fan enthusiast site makes things clickbaity, but for GQ and Rolling Stone to do it, like, piss off. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just garbage. All right. Yeah, call it the Fox News effect. <laughs> I guess it's, uh, I don't know what effect it is. I guess that's for lack of a better word. It's that's what it is. But it's so frustrating. All right. So next, uh, our homeboy Denis Villeneuve wants to direct a standalone movie, or does he? What does the quote say here? So, uh, I mean, this guy, this guy is hot right now, man. With Blade Runner 20, 2049 being the latest, um, a lot of fans Dude, feel it's a great on. idea. And I think in theory it is, but let's just check out this quote. It's something that, again, it's like, I would be intrigued. I don't know. It's very difficult. What is dangerous with Star Wars right now is it's become its own vocabulary. I'd love to see them. I think Rogue One was a very interesting attempt to get out of the mold. I think it would be a great idea to get out of there and go on a new part of the galaxy. That I would be open to. I have, So he was on this podcast uh, the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast where he said this. And I have I should have found that clip and just listened to how he said it. And maybe I should have given him a little Quebecois accent there. But, uh, again, what I take out of this is that he's not super interested if he has to stick to the Star Wars formula, which seems to be a non-negotiable at this point. I was going to say, it sounds like he wants to get fired from Star Wars. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it, it, I think if... if Lucasfilm Disney were ever going to take the risk on someone uh, his background you know like Blade Runner 2049 was a masterpiece man like I can't the Lego movies are huge yeah but it's just a different genre really like come on Sicario Arrival he's going to be taking care of Dune forthcoming like those are yeah, epic kind of things not like, out yet but it's it's clear that Lucasfilm is not ready to take a risk yet it's clear well, as day that, that, that's fine, but if they do, like, again, like he had mentioned, Rogue One was an attempt to kind of break the mold and get out of that, that pattern in a way. Well, yeah, and there's... And it was an honest attempt. I think attempt. a key word is attempt. And it did well. I mean, we loved it, right? We did. Did he? Did he? Or does he see it as just a run-of-the-mill Star Wars movie? Well, he said it was a good attempt, kind of. He would like to have that option and, and probably take it a step further. Like, he... Wants a bit more, like you said, freedom, 
uh, a bit more of a blank canvas. And, you know... Uh, those things don't seem to go within the same vocabulary no, they, as, they, the, they as don't. the execs. They don't, but I still see this guy being a good fit. And, you know, uh, if Lucasfilm were ever to take a chance, I think this guy would be the right guy to explore other avenues within the galaxy, you know? In theory, yes. In theory, I think we would all love to see a Denis Villeneuve Star Wars movie. Like selfishly, as, as as a hometown guy, of course. I mean, that would bring Star Wars right into our backyard, in a way that's probably never happened. But, in I think in in actual practice, this is this could never happen. I think he's too strong a personality, too too strong a style to ever say okay. I, like if you file away his edges and his flair. You're not getting a Denis Villeneuve movie. You're getting a Star Wars movie that just happened to have him there. And I don't think anybody really wants that. That's true, too, but who knows? I mean, he's still relatively young, so, you know, both Lucasfilm and Disney, they're maturing. He's going to be mature as a director, and maybe they hopefully can meet in the future because we know the not-so-distant future is somewhat planned for the most part. It is. I, I I don't know. I just I just don't see this that as being a, a good match. Do you, James, or do you think it's it's something that's not going to happen? I think it, from what we've learned in the last few years, it's it's just a terrible fit. They are not looking for outside of the box. They're not looking for lone wolf. They're looking for yes men who take direction well. And I'm not saying that there's no creative process involved, but they've shown pretty clearly that they want, um, they want to have input. And I, it doesn't sound to me like he wants to be working with someone else's ideas. Yeah. I don't know. Cause, cause Ryan Johnson's, I don't think Ryan Johnson was maybe as hard, ha- like, I'm not going to say like, look how I said strong willed independent, but at least Ryan Johnson, he wrote, this movie and basically they gave him the keys they gave him free reign and they he what he produced they loved so well, because he understood you know, the rules that he was working with you can write whatever you want and this is the, what never gets said you can do whatever you want as long as this this and that and i'm not saying it's, you can do whatever you want as long as uh, race survives and um there are new x-wings to sell i don't mean that i mean if, as long as you hit uh, a sta- this tone. a standalone would give him a standalone would give him the option to play play outside the box. I don't you think know? it would. We've already seen two directors, or we saw Gareth Edwards in in Deep Trouble. Hence, why he called it sort of a, a what did he call it? A interesting attempt. That's another way of saying nice try. To get out of the mold, and we 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 know what what happened with Lord and Miller. This is all very well documented. It's, I think he would go set forth doing a Denny Villeneuve movie, and they go, no, 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 this needs to be a little more Star Warsy. I'm out. Yeah, exactly. Bello, the neck. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, trade me right bleeping now. Who owns the chief? <laughs> <laughs> we I, we know it. That's I, I I'm pretty confident in saying that if he came on board it would not end well. And I don't even think they would hire him because they, I think they know that by now. Anyway, speaking of Ryan Johnson, uh, he he made another statement about his own upcoming trilogy, which maybe clarifies some things. So last week we talked about, oh man, did he, like, 
whose whose idea was this? Did Disney beg Ryan to do it because they don't want to deal with with standalones, or did Ryan pitch them something? So this this kind of clears it up. We all just had a really good time working together, Johnson said, of why he thinks he was tasked with continuing the Star Wars legacy in, in this major way. I know for us, that was a big part of it. We were getting to the end of it, and Kathy Kennedy and Bob Iger and Alan Horn, Alan Berkman, and all the folks at Disney, we were just sad that this was coming to an end. We were like, how do we figure out some way to keep working together? That's when I pitched the idea of a new trilogy with a new story. That seemed really exciting for me. So is that is it that simple? Yeah, I don't like the language. I, I find that language vague. He pitched. He, what did he pitch? Did he say I should direct a new trilogy? Is that what he means? <laughs> is, or did he pitch an actual idea for a new trilogy? And I don't think the language is perfectly clear. It's not. <laughs> no. Well, this is what I, we said last week, right? I, I, we we thought that in time they will throw out whatever they want the story to be, and this could be it, right? Like James, you're perfectly bang on. Like. This might clear it up, but this could also be, yeah, just this is the bare minimum that you could throw out there that will throw the flames out. It is so vague. Like, you could have just said, I know how we can keep working together. Give me new movies to do. <laughs> that's that's exactly duh, what it Like, my like. seven-year-old could answer that question. Well, let's just go back to the beginning here for a second. Like, to me, it's still so incredible. It's like, you know, for a, a franchise like Star Wars, you know, months aren't that long kind of you know like they can they could have waited but they had decided to announce that he's doing this trilogy before the film that he's even done has come out like that to me is still mind-blowing <laughs> no uh I don't it's, know it's just mind-blowing mind blowing, but it, is, it is it is a bit surprising in in that you're right they they announced it they'd they be rushing decisions and this seems a bit rushed but but they obviously have a plan or you think or you hope they have a plan well they just enjoyed working with him so much that's what it was such uh, a relationship like they were so enamored with one another that i almost do see it like that like him kind of almost telling them like they're like oh we don't want this relationship to end like what can we do and if he's this is like the equivalent paper, of like of like giving them <laughs> giving your your new girlfriend the keys to your place because you had a good weekend together yeah, kind of. Like it's dangerous. Of, it's dangerous, but I mean, <laughs> if he told him straight up, like, dude, I think he knows the responsibility that at hand. Like, he must be kind of stressing. But it's not like, the even, girlfriend he, with the keys who's usually worried. Even Adam Driver <laughs> or was a boyfriend saying, like, with the keys to the new place. It's the people with the place with with all to lose. I'm saying it's risky for Disney to say, "Here's you know, let's do a trilogy." Unless 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 he did actually pitch an idea which is, I guess, you know, the root of, of this discussion. If there's an idea that they bought into, I like it a whole lot more than if they just fell in love with him because uh, relationships can change depending on what his ideas are that he comes up with next. Yeah, and they may not like him so much. If he's the one who brought it up, I would think he may, but might have had some kind, something in mind maybe. I hope uh, so. Even, even if not, though, like if he was confident enough to say like, hey, you know, like I don't really have anything coming into this movie and I made it work. If you guys like that, like, I'm sure I got plenty in the tank. I'm still super inspired. Whatever it is, like, I'll get it done. And they were kind of, like, on board with that. But it's a little hard yeah, to he believe he was such like, a... When he was hired on for The Last Jedi, it's not like he just came in cold and said, oh, we like what you do. You're hired. Like, he had to pitch his take on what, what Episode Eight would be. And they bought into it. But like James said, like, this, this is a whole lot more appealing if he said, guys, like, I, I have this story kicking around. This, I, I wrote 
uh, maybe a, a skeleton trilogy here on, on off days while working on The Last Jedi. What do you guys think of ABC here? And they said, well, this, okay, let's talk about this. And, you know, they, they talked for a little while and, all right, Ryan, uh, we're confident in this idea. Let's let's go forward. That kind of makes sense. Like you guys said, like it can't it sh- it can't be like him just being like, oh, "I'll do another one," and they're like, "Yeah, great, you were great." Like let's do it. Like I'm sure. Like he seems so passionate, and he's got gas left in the tank. He he must have presented some kind of really rough outline. Like you know, this is what I kind of was thinking. What do you guys think? And it's got to be like that. It has to be. It can't be. It can't be like, guys. Why don't we just do more movies together? This was so much fun. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> How about three more? You'll do three more. How about let's that? write the press release. Yeah. Send it out. The first new saga ever. Here are the keys. Let's have fun. Yeah. No. They're, 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 I mean, the language used is. I. I it's got to be intentionally vague, but it's frustratingly vague. That's okay. It really like is. it's so far away from now. He's a little cherub angel. That guy. Look at him, like, I can't believe he's 44 years old. Just on Kimmel, like, he just looks like this happy-go-lucky kid, like, with a, like, I don't know, with these rosy cheeks, man. He's so he, calm. That's like one thing, Adam life. Driver. He seems yeah, like Adam Driver in full possession of his faculties and his skills. And, yeah, he just seems, yeah, he he's seems totally, totally confident, confident in, in what he's doing. Yeah, it's incredible. Like, Adam Driver was saying, like, how stressful and how you know, overwhelming it must be for someone like him, but he seems that Ryan is just living in the moment and taking it all in stride and, and super confident, which rubs off on the rest of the cast and crew. Sure. All right, so anyway, I'm 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 a little bit more relieved. At least they had the sense to put that quote out there, and I, I will put a certain measure of faith in it that this is Ryan's idea. He did sell them something, and they bought into it rather than it's just, uh, please, Ryan, do something. All right, I, f- I feel like we've been a little bit grumpy during this uh, quasi-news segment. So let's uh, let's take a little break, refresh, and we'll come back with uh, the binary sunset. We've got a few questions to kick around. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll bring some holiday cheer to the table. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Don't look at me. All right. Dude, you got three minutes. You got five minutes to come up with something here. Uh, let's hear. Let's hear from ads. He's gonna leave you high and dry. Ads. I knew it. I told you, Kigo. Evening, boys. We're almost there. We're now in December. A matter of days, and we get to watch the next Star Wars film. I am super excited about it. Uh, really can't wait. But you're gonna, no doubt, be talking pretty much all about the Last Jedi in this pod. So I thought, what else is happening in December? And that's right, it's Christmas. So my question this week is a little bit Christmassy. I'd like you to adapt any Christmas song of your choice and give it a little Star Wars gold dust. A makeover from the galaxy far, far away. And then I'd like you both to perform it. Let's see what your uh, your vocals are like. Now, it wouldn't be fair if I asked you to do that without having to think about it myself. So, here's my contribution. 
On the twelfth day of Christmas, Lord Vader sent to me twelve droids are battling eleven, Wookiees wailing ten, clones are guarding nine, troopers shooting eight, at at walking seven, ties are fighting six, Sith are training five, Astromechs. Four Imperial Guards, three Bounty Hunters, two Death Stars, and a new Star Wars film in ten days. So there you go. I've embarrassed myself. Over to you now. Have a good show. Bye. All right, there goes ads. Thank you, sir. Bringing a little bit of holiday cheer to the table. So, guys, how did you guys go about this? I kind of panicked at first when I first saw the question. I was like, oh, my God. And even now, it's like I don't think I've drank enough to really, you know, and I can't really belt them out either. You know, i got family sleeping in here and whatnot. But I was definitely kind of worried. I don't know. I, I looked through a list of holiday songs and just kind of said, what what, what, what goes with this, you know? And I don't know. The first one I, I, I tackled, you know, none of them are really holiday related now at this point. I just kind of took themes and played with words and. None of them are holiday so, related. Loophole well, number one. one. One of them, one of them's holiday related, I guess. But the 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 other ones are just Star Wars with holiday songs. Oh, I sort of see what you mean. Maybe maybe mine fits that category too. Let me go first and see if I'm right. Okay, go you first. Guys, let's let's hear this. Okay, okay. My my first one is um, a remake of the classic "I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus." Um, the Perfect. Star Wars version is. I saw Leia kissing Luke and Han. <laughs> uh, it's just the title. I didn't rewrite the whole song. I'm just going for laughs. So, um, <laughs> I saw it. It fits at least um, with the amount of syllables. And it brings up a eh, somewhat regrettable Star Wars moment that we can laugh at. Yep. Yep. All you can do is, is point and laugh at that moment. And, and it is one of the craziest eccentricities about Star Wars that oddly enough a lot of people somehow people go to bat for it like I'm, I'm sure Corey <laughs> could find a way to excuse it uh yeah it's kind of just poor writing <laughs> but at the same time they didn't know yeah, they, what can you say <laughs> they, they didn't, didn't know. know like like really I just kind of feel bad for for Luke in that situation he was just a you know, he was in the friend zone just being used. Like, eh, I like this, Han. Watch me kiss my brother. Mm. You like that, Han? <laughs> you like that? Take that. You know, it's, I don't want to spend too much time going back here, but just minutes ago we were saying, like, of course he knows who so-and-so is because they must have a plan for the whole trilogy. That's the only way you can do it. And and now now we're laughing at the fact they just didn't know that they were brother and sister. Oh, that's that's blatant throughout the, you know, the OT, the PT. Absolutely. Like, all of it. Absolutely. It's, well, because you know, written as you like, go, kind he, of. He he didn't know how much rope he was going to get. It all depended on you know one movie depended on the success of the other, the one the one that came before it. We know we're getting like the, from the moment they announced TFA, they also announced eight and nine. They know they already know they don't have to wait to see how it's going to do. It was just here we go trilogy. All right, Corey, let's let's, let's go for some more laughs here. What do you got? All right, like I said, like mine aren't exactly, they might not be that cheerful, but all right, here we go. <clears throat> Hark the herald Anakin cried, 
I hate you all for you have lied. Chosen one prophecy and balance brought. Maker and Sith Lords, what evil they wrought. That's all I got for that one. <laughs> that, that's lovely. That warms, you like that, that one, eh? the cockles of my heart. I have to say, you have the voice of um, nice, nicely sung. Yeah, you think? <laughs> I was kind of. Uh, I'm not enough beers in yet, man. I'm only about 1,200 milliliters. So uh, I've, I don't know. You have got to be the only person who refers to how much beer they've consumed in milliliters. I like it like that. You know why? Give me a liter. It's, it sounds like so much more. I've had exactly. a thousand milliliters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why stop there? Thousand. What's the next unit of measure to say you've had twelve thousand? Yeah, I, I couldn't get there. <laughs> uh, do you, Do you have any others? I do. I do. Um. All right. Some of them are going to be pretty. Oh man, I haven't practiced these enough. They're pretty bad. All right. Okay, guys. Dashing through hot snow in a one tauntaun open sleigh, over Wampa Caves we go, screaming all the way. Bells at Echo Base ring, making spirits fright. The Battle of Hoth was epic, so we sing this honor. This we sing this in their honor tonight. Oh, hot snow, oh, hot snow, on hot snow we go. Well, look at this. We got a little songsmith here. Yeah, you like him? A little jingle I guy. Think that's just that's just terrific. I just, wow. Well done, sir. Yeah, I'm doing it, man. I, I, You're I'm living it up real. here, man. I almost rewrote, like, Jingle Bells, Jabba Smells, Boba laid an egg but I, I, I didn't even get any further than that so i just take my hat off to you yeah, sir. The, the furthest dude i, I was got, going that that's the furthest i got i was, was going that same thing was was like rebel cells the death star fell and darth vader got away that's it that's as far as i got yeah, that's pretty good now you gotta sing it ads ads manned up ads sang it for us bro like Ad said you know i'm gonna embarrass myself i want you guys to embarrass yourselves you know i'm just, I'm just giving our powerful friends what they they want what, but they we, they got double with you, is what I'm saying. Like, Triple. I got I got another one here if you well, want. Corey, you're the MVP today, man. Uh, all right, let's do this. <laughs> it's gonna be called. Uh, this one's called. Well, let's let's name the first one. The first one was called the Herald Anakin. Uh, the second was dashing through Hoth snow, and this one's gonna be called uh, Tondoff, the Red Nose Tauntaun. So this one goes Tondoff, the Red Nose Tauntaun. Has a very shiny nose, and if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows like a lightsaber. All of the other Tauntauns used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Tondoff join in any Tauntaun games. Then one fateful day on Hoth, the Empire came to slay. Tondoff with your nose so bright. Please take us away from this fight. <laughs> then all the Tauntauns loved him as they shouted out and bragged. Tondoff the red-nosed Tauntaun, you won't become a sleeping bag. You won't become a sleeping bag. Oh, this is amazing. Because <laughs> he gets slept in. 
That's just now. I, now I want to know now who Corey put up to write this for him. You just write, dude, you man. Just this write is it all for like, me and I'll sing it, man. Bro, that's insulting. How dare you disrespect my my artistic integrity here? Like this was all written like boom, 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 right off the spur of the moment, man. You missed your calling. Yeah, you like those. Those were, yeah, those it was were great. well done. I can't. I can't follow those up. I cannot. Even if I had like. Like I mentioned to you guys, like I, I, I got the question from ads dinner time yesterday. We're right in the, in the middle of prepping dinner. I had family over. It was, it was pretty nutty here. And today I wasn't at home very much at all. And um, yeah, I mean, I just didn't have time to sit down and really think about this. But Corey, man, that, that's, that's impressive. I was pretty impressed with myself, to be honest. Like, honestly, like I really got down to writing them like... Like I said, I had about at five o'clock. I saw the message today. Like this is about f- four hours before showtime, and luckily my my wife was kind of out of the house for a bit. And the first one that came up was the Hark. I said Hark the Herald Angels, and that reminded me of Anakin. So that one kind of flowed right off the bat. And then I was like, Jingle Bells. You got to be able to do something with Jingle Bells. And and you know Hoth, Snow came to mind, and and the Tauntaun thing as well. Hoth, Snow. Well done. Oh, I just thought of a new one. I just thought of a new one, guys. Yes, I um, knew it. James, don't let me down. It's that simple. You're a mean one, Mr. Sith. <laughs> eh, not bad. I like it. That's terrific. Yeah. Um, ads, by the way, is distracted probably because of me and, and, and uh, my keeping him up late and, and hounding him with Tolkien stuff. So, sorry, guys. My bad. <laughs> Oh man, that well, I kind of I I, I kind of um, soiled the sheets on this one. So ads, I apologize. Uh, Corey picked us up though, which which is nice. James had a couple contributions. You did very well. You did very well. I, I just I just really half-assed it. Uh, I only looked at this like even less time than Corey did. So well done, Corey. Yeah, thanks, bro. And you too, Kyle. I I really had a feeling when I when when I knew it came to singing, I was like, Kyle's gonna whiff. You're gonna whiff. If I could write something, I would have gone for something. But also, it also bears mentioning that you said you needed the beer to get to that state. So, nah, eh, it just helps. <laughs> okay, uh, ads. Thank you, sir. That was. I, I wish I had had more fun with it. Maybe one day I will. That's yeah, a perfect I wanna, question I re- too. I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna write the rest of Mister Sith. There's a whole bunch in there. Yeah, there's, there might be something there for the Sithmas special i'm gonna come back to that ads but just just having frozen my my butt off today hanging up christmas lights outside the house all over all over the place you know the tree was done this week as well like it uh it's on it's on now this put me more in the spirit your halls are decked hells yeah hells bells nice all right ads we'll talk to you next week sir and we also have another message from Bradley from down south. So let's check that out and come back and kick those. Hello, Colin and Corey. Hope y'all are having a good day and hopefully you have had a great week. Um, Bradley here with some Star Wars questions. Um, before I get into the questions, um, I just want to say um, as I'm recording this, we are about 12 days away and i'm just starting to get super excited um not only for the movie but to end this 
um, kind of uh, lockdown, if you will, on all things Star Wars. This is just harder than I thought. I mean, every day it seems like um, there's a new TV spot or something that pops up. Um, I've got people at work that come up to me every day and, you know, say this, say that, all in good fun, but, they, you know, they, they know what I'm doing and they're teasing me. Um, I've even got my wife, um, you know, saying, oh, I saw something, you know, yesterday and it was really cool and, you know, but I can't tell you about it. And, uh, you know, so I'm getting kind of uh, teased in a in a sense, but it's all good. It's all in fun. And uh, so it's almost over with. So I'm looking forward to um, that ending. Um, my first question is, um, and this kind of applies to what y'all have done in the past when um, when The Force Awakens came out and Rogue One. What, what did y'all do um, as far as um, shows right after the movie? Uh, you know, after opening night, did y'all, did y'all, um, drop a podcast, you know, shortly after, um, giving your reactions of the movie or, um, was it something where you just kind of stayed on schedule and it was just, you know, you talked about the movie on your next, um, you know, scheduled podcast that was going to come out. What's, uh, what's on y'all's agenda? How do y'all, how do y'all do this? And, uh, you know, how are you going to do it this year? Um, you know, going along with uh, seeing each one of these movies, um, one of the the parts that I enjoy the most um, about the experience is right after movie, right after the movie is after you've seen the movie, um, you know, getting together and you know just talking about what you just saw. And um, I've never done this, but I'm going to do it this year. I'm actually going to record that conversation, um, and that way, just so personally I have it for myself, but I thought it'd be kind of cool to uh, send that in to you uh, uh, and, and let y'all, you know, have a listen, and, uh, you know, maybe that's something that others on the podcast could do as well. I think it'd be kind of neat to hear everyone's immediate reaction of what they thought of the movie uh, you know, moments after it happens. I think that would be kind of cool to hear that. Um, so uh, that's a suggestion. But anyway, let me get to my, uh, my my first question, or actually it would be my second technically. Um, how many times do you plan on seeing uh, The Last Jedi? Uh, and I guess you could go, uh, another part of that question would be, how many times did you see uh, the Force Awakens in the theater. Uh, how many times did you see Rogue One in the theater? And how many times do you think you're going to see um, The Last Jedi in the theater? I think, um, so mine, The Force Awakens, I, I saw it seven times in the theater, uh, three times uh, kind of in a row. So I saw it uh, opening night that Friday, and then I think I saw it Saturday, and then I saw it like another four times over the next two or three weeks. Um and then Rogue One, I saw it back-to-back days. And then I think I saw it, uh, I took my mom to see it one other time. So I think I saw Rogue One uh, three times in the th- uh, theater. Um, if it's just as good as 
Um, the Force Awakens, which I'm I'm not doubting that it will be. Um, I'll probably see it uh, at least seven times in a theater, if not more. But uh, I was kind of curious what y'all's numbers were. If uh, if y'all are one of those that go see it, go see his movie, uh, who goes to see movies, um, you know, rid- a ridiculous amount of time when you really love the movie. Um, my second uh, or my third question is, um, what character, uh, if if you got to be in a movie, if you got to be cast in a movie, and it was kind of like a background character. Um, you know, no one significant. You might not even have any words or any lines. Um, if you did, they'd be real short, but nothing, you know, nothing, uh, you know, too glamorous. What side would you rather be on? Would you like to be, uh, you know, an extra as a, uh, a rebel or would you, uh, or, or the first order, uh, which, which would you prefer? Um, my answer to that would be, I think I would want to be um, on the rebellion side. Uh, I've kind of always uh, been fascinated with flying, uh, and especially flying an X-Wing. I thought that would be cool. Um, you know, when we got to see the behind the scenes of uh, Rogue One and the excitement and the thrill on the uh, actor's face when they were sitting in the, you know, the makeshift cockpit and everything... Um, I think that's, that's what I would be, uh, that, that would be my reaction as well. I, I would be really giddy as I'll get out to, to get to do that. And so, um, I think that would be cool to, to see myself as a pilot on the screen. So, um, that's my answer and, um, uh, looking forward to hearing y'all's. Um, also my friend Jordan, he's got a theory on who Snoke is. He thinks it's, um, uh, uh, Cassian and uh, Jen. He thinks, uh, you know, the the chemical reaction from the Death Star exploding on the planet melded them together and made them um, one person, and that person is Snoke. So that's his crazy theory. I think he's ridiculous, but I think he's also just kind of getting starting to get delirious because the movie is getting so close. Um, I can see a change in his uh, behavior and demeanor, and um, it's a uh, it's Star Wars sickness. It's Star Wars fever for sure, and uh, I'm looking forward to having it with him uh, and in uh, watching the movie with him. So that's all I have for this week. Sorry I rambled on, Um, but as always, uh, have a good show, and may the Force be with you guys. Talk to you later. Bye. All right, Bradley. Thank you, sir. A lot of questions to answer here, but um, not necessarily lengthy replies. So what did we do here on the podcast after seeing TFA and Rogue One? It was, I mean, it's kind of a boring answer, but it was pretty much uh, business as usual. Like we stuck to the schedule. We we saw the movies. You know, that's one of the remarkable things about our show. If there's anything remarkable about it, that we've been consistent from day one recording on Sundays. Aside from the odd hiccup here and there where we've, we've lost a show for technical reasons. Otherwise, it's been Sunday night since since episode one. So, yeah, we'd see, th- you know, th- opening night Thursday. 
We'd go see TFA, Rogue One, talk about it throughout the weekend. And um, yeah, we'd, Sunday we, we would record our thoughts. That, that was really it. Wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, honestly, I wasn't even a part of the podcast at that point, really. Um, you had started the podcast maybe, I think, a week prior to The Force Awakens dropping. Yeah. So I can't remember the dude that started with you. Whatever. Roberto. R- Roberto. Then uh, James joined joined on. And then uh, I think I, me and you primarily, I think I did episode 6 and 10 primarily for Rebels. And then, yeah. Then you badgered your like, way I, in full time. No, I honestly thought, I, I really think it was because like, Corey's such a drunk. He's so unreliable. <laughs> like, I can't count on <laughs> Two him. Two to totally be unfounded Sunday. thoughts. Either way, I've been here every <laughs> Sunday. I'm the Cal Ripken of podcasting right now. But uh, <laughs> either way, Kyle's got a better record than you. Kyle only missed one. I've never missed any. Uh, That's I, not true. I've never missed a tumbling saber. Yep, I remember one time you were supposed to join us, and we tried to. You just, you just. No, that that here. was a, that was a special with for Carrie you Fisher. There. Yeah, that was a special. Yeah. That was no, no, I, that was special. Was it? I was verklempt. Or was it episode something a tribute to Carrie Fisher? Yeah, that was the uh, spur of the moment one that wasn't planned on a Sunday. Do I have to Google my own show? No, we, we always record Sunday. No, that was like a spur of the moment thing, like kind of like what happened with Gord Downey, where it's like, guys, we got to record something now. Steve was in on it, and I was like, guys, I can't make it. I'm sorry. Hey guys, there's That's a mosquito I was in my house. Crying. It's unbelievable. There's a mosquito that just fly past my face. It's snowing. <laughs> ridiculous but uh no i do remember it was the same protocol in the long run tfa we had a nice dinner it was beautiful it was actually one of the first times i i had met james prior but we weren't really like uh we're kind of like head nod dudes and like from that point on it was like we were brothers man yeah how can we get back there to the head nod thing Mm. (laughs) That's not cool, man. <laughs> but honestly, like it brought us closer together, and uh, you and I too, Kyle. I honestly feel like it did bring us closer together. It was the, it was the start of a beautiful friendship, Corey. I'll, I'll say that, like, <laughs> definitely. We no, but we like from not hanging out at all. I, I talk to you via text and message more than most of my friends now. So, it's yeah, so incredibly that, true, man. I, I said the same thing to my wife the other day. You know, incredible. Yeah. Well, if anything, that that came out of this. <laughs> yeah, so fuck you t- twice, Kyle. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I obviously I echo all those sentiments. Uh, but just to go back, so James, you jumped on a Journals of the Willing with us. That was we did. Uh, oddly enough, we when we eulogized Carrie Fisher here, we did uh, we did so on Journals of the Willing. Where we also talked about Bloodline. Wow, really? See, I totally did not remember that. Yeah, I th- well, I think I don't think you stayed on for the full show. So you did the Carrie Fisher bit, and then you split. I think I can't remember for sure. And then we did uh, episode fifty-six just after the New Year, but that you know that's that's a few days after she had passed. But yeah, that's how mm. that played out. 
Hey, is this two years to the date, this show? Because it's 104, 52 weeks in a year. That's true. It was about, yeah. yeah I, I think two the years, first, guys. I was thinking the about first, this today, actually. I think, wow, look at the tangent. We're the first Sorry, episode Brad. dropped on December 15th, I think. 15th or 16th, no? Of 2015? Mm. No, a little earlier because it was prior. I think, well, no, because the, the, the release date for Force Awakens was the 20th or the 21st, I believe, no? Well, TFA came out with the... F- oh, jeez, I don't, don't even remember anymore. I'm pretty sure it was like the 21st, and we saw it on the 20th, and your podcast came out on like the 16th or something. Wish I could find that quickly. <laughs> um, well, we're we're, right, we're so very James, close, uh, very close to the two-year anniversary, two-year mark. Yeah, we must be. All right, let's move on to the second part of the question, James. How many times did you actually see The Force Awakens in theaters or, or theaters, total viewings? Theaters. I, th- I think I saw it only twice in the theater, M- maybe three times. Do you know the answer? Because maybe you remember better than me. You tend to remember this stuff. Well, from you, no. I know I saw it three times. I saw it with uh, my boss once. I saw it with you guys. Then I went again with another friend of mine. I think I saw it twice in the theater. I saw TFA six times, I think, in theater, which was pretty well the... That was pretty well the target for me. It all kind of fell apart after... Oh, we'll drink for Rogue One. Because that was kind of my benchmark. Six is, is sort of what where I thought things would be comfortable. But I only hit Rogue One three times. And twice was opening weekend. And then I had to, like, squeeze in uh, a third viewing, I think late February, right before it was about to exit theaters. That's the way to go. That's the way I like to do it. What? Yeah, I saw it at least three times because I saw it with my brother and I saw it with my wife and I saw it with you guys. So I saw it at least three times in theaters. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, did you do you feel like you needed to see it more times than that? At the I didn't. time, no, but I, I could see it again in theaters now. Like, I, I, I wouldn't mind going and seeing it now in theaters. I've, it's been a while. That's the thing about it, man. It's like, you should really take advantage of it when you look at it from that regard and that... You'll never see this movie in theater again until it's like some kind of significant anniversary or whatever. And even at that, it's not necessarily – you're not necessarily going to get a chance to do it or you're not going to want to drive uh, 50 kilometers to go and to the select theater that's showing that picture. So this one I think I'm really going to try and absorb even more than normal. And it, this is sad to say from my perspective, the theater uh, – the movie – out of the Star Wars saga that I've seen the most in theater at five times is Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yeah, really, that's pretty rough, man. And I've said it here before, too. I couldn't believe it, but I took my girlfriend at the time. I was like, come on, like Star Wars, whatever. Took uh, another couple with us, and it's the first and only time in my life where I fell asleep in a the theater, but it was my fifth showing. But when I woke up, all my friends were asleep too. My girlfriend too. I was like, oh, like <laughs> I, they're like, you're the Star Wars guy. I'm like, yeah, it's me. <laughs> like, still standing behind the product, <laughs> <laughs> going down with the ship. Um, all right. So what's what's so we got? We answered that question. How many times do you see? I'm planning. Uh, how many plans do you? How many times do you want to see the Last Jedi? 
at least once, and and that means at least <laughs> twice, because you can't you can't only see it once. It's so hard to get for it all to sink in with the the amount of anticipation that we that we build into these. I don't know. It's hard to take it all in in one viewing. I find. Oh, absolutely. It, it's especially I think with the subject matter that we're promised to get in this one. I think it's going to take at least two to three viewings minimum to wrap the wrap our heads around it. What about you, Corey? How many how many times do you plan on seeing this? Realistically, minimum two. Like, I mean, I got to. There's, there's no way I'm not seeing it two times. I want to see it four times. I could probably maybe go for more. It might settle on three, but jeez, uh, there's definitely not going to be one viewing of this. I really want to get one in. The premiere is always an experience. Can't miss out on that. Probably get another one in before Christmas, maybe, hopefully. Another one shortly after the New Year. And then probably another one right before it comes out of theater. Yeah, like I said, I'm still I'm still aiming for six. Spread out over the... What is the well, let me know these times. Don't do uh, what? Don't do your uh, mandating there. What? Oh, master dating. Sorry, master dating. What is what? What does that even mean? <laughs> Master dating? It's a word. It's it the, is a word. Ever... You said it now three times. <laughs> yeah, master. It's the act of like going to a, a, a movie or a, a movie or a dinner by yourself. <laughs> you, you gave three choices there, but the first two were both movies. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Sorry. <laughs> a movie a movie or a dinner. You know, you're going on a date, but basically by yourself. Mm, I, I kind but, of enjoy uh, doing that. Call me up. Because sometimes it's spur of the moment. I've only done that a few times. Sometimes it is spur of the moment. Yeah, I find when I master date, it's often spur of the moment. <laughs> you, you don't plan those out? Well, sometimes, yes. That's a different kind of you know experience when you master date a planned out experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is getting weird. Um, uh, yeah, let's bring it back. Reel it in, Kyle. You're in charge. Reeling it back in. Okay. Um, all right, so question number three. If you had a background role in a Star Wars movie, would you rather be with the Resilient Rebellion slash Resistance or Empire slash First Order? Corey's going to loophole this, and he's going to want to be part of the Resistance slash Empire. <laughs> well, <laughs> really, if I had to be a background character, I kind of prefer to be neither. Like, if we're talking background, no, no, background. Like... I think. <laughs> I joked that he was going to say both, and in the end, he's going to say neither. No, I got I got an answer here, okay? I, I would like to be a resistance fighter. That's my final answer. A resistance fighter in the long run just because it's the story's still untold. It'd be cool to be that kind of, like, guy that fandom just attaches itself to, you know? Like, oh, man, this this anonymous dude... Whatever his name is, like, so cool, you know, instead of being a wiener like Snap Wexley. Um, <laughs> but if I had to be a real char- background character in Star Wars, I would love to be at some kind of uh, Moss Eisley type place, uh, Maz's bar, at a bar scene, you know. That's just kind of a given, I guess. But, like, with you guys, you know, like, Bradley, you could be there, Kyle, James, like, we're all there and just 
at a table laughing our butts off, you know? It almost, you're almost, you know, being at a pub, you're almost making it sound like you like drinking. I love drinking. <laughs> is it is is laughing our butts off a figure of speech or is that indicative of our species we'll be playing? Well, that's really just me trying really hard not to swear. You've been doing a good job, buddy. <laughs> nah, I try. Um, I'm going to I'm going to take uh Corey's answer and just run with it a little bit. I'm going to be a background cal- character in a Star Wars movie um on Musician. either side. That that just is so popular that in the next movie he's a star, Corey. What do you think about that? Yeah, I kind of like that. That's kind of where I was going too, you know, like the I, resistance I, I, fighter. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but it, it's nice too to be that 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 background character. The people, you know, you don't get that extra scene, but like, like I'm going to try to answer. I'm going to try to answer Bradley's um, question in the spirit of the question and follow the rules. Corey. You should be the rapper, man. The rapper of the GFFA. I I want to be a bad guy. Isn't it somewhat be a ironic character? that Cor- half of Corey's name is Rules, but he never follows them? Oh. Burn! Whatever. <laughs> I think people prefer it like that. Do they? Mm, I think if you re-listen to episode 100, mm, I'm going to have to say yes. Well, it's become your calling card. Think, yeah, I think people like that they that it's your thing i don't know that they like <laughs> the loopholing i just think that they like that it's your thing but either way they do like that, that that it's your thing so that's you know you can't stop it now mm-hmm. uh, i'm i'm siding with bradley i would love to be a pilot whether it's resistance or rebellion i'm okay with either they both look almost identical so suit me up man stick me in a cockpit and watch me smile my my ass off as you you know, roll me on that gimbal. Same species as Corey in the bar laughing their asses <laughs> off. Cool. <laughs> sure. I think that'd be so fun, man. Honestly, like we could each play like an, we don't have to be humans. You know what I mean? We can be dressed up in alien characters, just whatever it is, making fun of me for you guys. Carlos could be there. If I was going to be a background character, I would not want to be human. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. Helmeted. Mask, yeah, something whatever. helmet, mask, uh, prosthetic, something like. Dude, you'd be on stage, James. To me, you'd you'd be the uh, you'd be the entertainment man. Be MC Wicket, Big Wicket. That's not me. <laughs> we said with him. Oh, with you gotta be that, dropping that. bombs together. <laughs> oh, this is all going sideways. <laughs> going? Where you been? Yeah, that's true. Hey, well, you know, I I was googling. December fourteenth was our first show. There you go. It's pretty close. So, well, yeah, it makes sense. One hundred and four means it's like it's been two full years, and then so one hundred and five will be the anniversary. So yeah, one hundred and five is yeah. So next week is our two year anniversary show. How about that? Yep. Okay. Uh, I think that's it for Bradley, right? Oh, but yeah, he also had this tragic note about his his friend Jordan. Man, oh man. Um. So, Brad, about your your pal Jordan, like I, it, it sounds like you're a supportive and giving person, and I think you need to be there for Jordan through these dark times. Uh, he's clearly going through some stuff because, I mean, if that's the Snoke theory he's going with, I mean, the nine days we have left here before the Last Jedi can't come soon enough. Like he needs his fever brought down. Jordan needs to be well again. <laughs> 
So you so you like it then? You're, what you're saying is you buy into it? Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right, Brad. Thank you, man. That was great to hear. Thank you, Brad. Jordan, your Snoke theory sucks. <laughs> go easy, man. Go easy. I'm, it's it's not mine. It's, that's just like a hashtag. I'm just like, oh, okay. I'm passing it along. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's, a, it's, it's true, true though. Okay. We got our pal, Dave Donovan's back. Hey, lads. Disavow me of this notion, please. I'm betting the house that we get Force Ghost Yoda in The Last Jedi. And we know Luke is reluctant slash refusing to train Rey. Remember the scene in Empire when Luke has that moment of shock and awe when he realizes Yoda is the Jedi Master he's looking for. And suddenly, Yoda's talking with Obi-Wan's Force voice talking over Luke's head, debating why he can't be trained. What if Yoda appears to Luke and Rey, but it's a flip or inverse of that Empire scene? Rey's all shocked. What's this blue little ghost? But while that's happening, Yoda is laying down the law with Luke, saying he must train Rey. He's the last Jedi. It's his responsibility. Yoda reminds him he told him to pass on what he has learned, and he could be poking him with his force ghost walking stick while giving him a dressing down and all. Could this be the thing that makes Luke train Rey? He seems dead set against it to begin with, so something has to change his mind. Something has to happen to change his mind. This is fanboy headcanon, but it's something I could see happening. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. May the force be with you, Dave. P.S. I double dip this question with TSW and you guys. Dave, that's a great question, and I don't know why you want us to talk talk you out of it or disavow of it. Like it's sounds almost perfectly reasonable to me. Like what do you, what do you, I don't know, what do you guys think? I also right. like it. I like it a lot. I, I hope to see him poking force force ghost poking him with his stick. <laughs> like get you come on, wake up, Luke. Uh it's time uh, get get your act together and, and and get on with the show. Yeah, I, I think that sounds super plausible. I mean, the, 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 definitely plausible. Yeah, I mean, we already kind of. I don't want to say no. What I was gonna say, like we 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 don't know, but we know Frank Oz kind of made his way over there at some point during filming. Uh, kind Early of s- on, somewhat safe to assume that maybe not necessarily uh, an actual puppeteering role but for him to actually go there that would kind of indicate that like he wouldn't need to travel if it was just a voice role now if Yoda were to be in this film he's definitely not going to ignore Luke and go straight for Rey like he's got to kind of acknowledge Luke and if he does appear to both of them at the same time he's definitely got to scold Luke and maybe that is what does turn him around but there's so many other possibilities here too, you know, like uh, it could be race strength and determination. Uh, if I want to dissuade Dave, anyhow, like just race sheer strength and determination and whatever she, her raw strength, you know, it could, that could help change Luke. Uh, the secret, these mysteries that they possibly unlock together could help to change Luke's mind. Um, there's also the fact that, well, not the fact, what am I saying? But if possibly if we go with this theory that 
Ray leaves planet with Kylo. It could be just Luke by himself again on that planet, like sulking and being like, that's the moment where he sucks it all up and what Yoda told him and what everyone told him. And now it's time for me to, to take charge and I'm coming back to I'm coming back with a, a vengeance here, you know, and I'm going to take the Falcon in. Like, that's another way of looking at it as well to kind of dissuade your original theory. But either way, I do see Yoda being in this film in either voice and or force ghost. Yeah, I, I, I think it's very highly likely that Yoda shows up in this. And it, it makes sense, I think. Someone's got to give Luke the pep talk. It would have been nice to have been Anakin. I, I still I still hope for that as well in this film. Like, I'd love to see Anakin in this film. I think in theory, that would be nice. I don't know how that, how that would work out. Maybe save it for nine. But come on, Vader's got to have a bit of a, a little part of the saga, like... The way that Kylo's obsessed with him, Luke, Leia, like everything about it, man. I, I just don't know that. I, I don't know that I see Hayden Christensen talking to old man Luke. You know what I mean? Yeah, James, and you have talked about that before. I'm totally okay with it, but you know, to each their own. Hmm. And forgotten all this is Kenobi, right? Like, should, should is it more poignant for Kenobi to pop up and give that talk? It is in a way, and that would be nice, too, to have Ewan McGregor on board. Imagine that. You see Ewan McGregor, like, all up in that. It'd be nice to see all three of them, the, the original three Force Ghosts. Like, Honestly, if, for me, if they were going to uh, Force Ghost Obi-Wan, I'd rather see uh, Sir Alec McGuinness, I think. Yeah. Wouldn't you guys? Uh, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, that, but that makes the most sense. That's the Force Ghost Obi-Wan we know. Right. I, I got you there. And, yeah, maybe they can CG it. Maybe they won't use uh, Ewan McGregor. But either way, I definitely would rather see Hayden Christensen. Interesting. Yeah, but Dave, I, I can't talk yet of that. I don't, know, I don't know if you want us to actually go against what we believe ourselves and talk you out of it. But uh, I, what, I, I, what I honestly do believe is that maybe even Yoda's pep talk doesn't work. Like, that's where I'm at in this. Like, even Yoda's pep talk doesn't work on Luke. And he's still, like, the Jedi has to end after. You know what I mean? Like, Rey took what she needed out of that conversation to continue forward with her training. But Luke is still, like, I'm bitter. And, like, Rey just keeps moving forward. And her sheer determination from Yoda's original speech kind of gives Luke the the affirmation or... uh boost that he needs to get back into the game well what if yoda doesn't appear to luke at all what if luke is closed off from all that now and he he appears to her i don't know that's what i was saying at the beginning i don't know if he'd go straight for her and not for both of them like i think luke would feel pretty shunned or uh well he's a smart guy he but still like i i, I don't know i, I don't think you can do that really like Luke's got to see Yoda if Yoda's in it like he can't exclude Luke from that well there is that like shot a, right in one of the TV spots where Luke I think he's crying or there's a, a tear rolling down his face yeah that's because to me that's the that's the point where he's unveiling what happened at the temple and how he failed and how Kylo 
you know, like just overwhelmed him and how he wasn't prepared and he didn't properly train his academy and whatever. And he feels responsible and guilty. That's finally like the moment where he lets it all loose, you know, and tells her what happened. Like, you don't understand what I went through, you know. Well, I, I feel like, like you think that I'm part, weak. If, you think... if Luke is crying, I feel like it's because Kylo is is making him feel real guilty for what's happened. Or, or Yoda's kind of giving him, like Dave said, a good old fashioned dressing down and and reduced Luke to tears. That's true too, because you know I've heard rumors of this too. There's that that scene actually where Luke's saying that it seems like there's some kind of glow off his face. As if you were speaking to a force ghost. You know what I mean? I did not pick like, up on that. Th- th- well, you see that the, uh, wherever he is, it seems it's a cave, but it still seems illuminated. Hmm. Well, now, is, is that convincing yourself of something now? In retrospect. No, it's just a way of another way of looking at it. Fair enough. But Dave... um, yeah, man, I, I, I like the theory. I kind of hope Yoda's in this movie, and it, it seems pretty much like he is. So, I will not disavow you of, of that thought. You should, you should go forward with that. You're vowed. Yeah, scold you, I must. <laughs> All right. Maybe, maybe Grover will be in the movie. Who knows? That would, that would be nice. Who doesn't like Grover? Grover and Yoda are the same dude. That's what I just said. And they sound similar, but the not joke. the same. Near? This would be so funny if you saw Yoda saying that. You're going to make a Miss Piggy joke next? Mm. <laughs> I got nothing. Oh, God. Okay, so before we get to Jeffrey, uh, James, you had originally sent in a voice clip uh, before you'd, you had uh, decided to join in. So let's finally, I mean, this, and this voice clip is a few weeks old now, so let's finally get this out of the way before uh, The Last Jedi drops and we get an answer before we even speculate. Yeah, so yeah, no, I did send in, uh, I did send in a voice clip, but since I'm here, it makes more sense just to ask you guys. Uh, the clip essentially wanted to know um, about a kiss since, since, and it's perfect because my, I saw Leia kissing Luke and Han, um, Christmas song sort of is related to this since we did have an infamous kiss in episode five. Uh, do you think that the second installment of this trilogy will involve a kiss? Will will there be a kissing scene? And if you do think so, um, who's going to kiss who? Uh, Luke and Leia. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, you hadn't seen each other in a long time. There's no one else around. You do what you got to do. That's a joke. I would, I honestly, I wouldn't mind to pick on the lips between those two. Like just a quick, like, like oh, I miss you. Like now, you know, it still shows conveys love. Like I kiss my son on the lips all the time. Still, like there's nothing wrong with that to me. Those those two cannot do that. Don't do that. I agree with you. It's not going to happen. But uh, I think the one answer to this is. Uh, if there were any possibility, it's got to be Finn and Rose. Yep. Like, that's the way I see it. Like, seems we've heard about some kind of romantic relationship brewing between them. I see her being, like, star-strucken by him and him kind of seeing what she sees 
and kind of taking on that role and then seeing the strength that she has, the courage she has, the woman she is, how fierce she is, is going to really like, like get him going. It could be that moment where they get separated at one point where they're about to get executed and he could say or she could say, I love you, you know? I know. I don't think they'll go that far, but they'll convey <laughs> that in a way, you know? We could get that moment. I'm going to say yes, but this is a very light yes. And it's, I do agree it's those two characters. But, I, you know, I think we 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 know already that Finn is still thinking. Like, from the minute he wakes up, he's still on Rey. He's still thinking about her. And we knew from The Force Awakens that he was sort of smitten with her. Uh, so for him to bury those feelings and move on to Rose within the space of one film, unless there's a clear time jump, I don't know that I, I I'll still say yes, but again, it's a light yes. I, I I'll say for sure a hundred percent guarantee that by the end of nine, those two are, are a couple. But I'm not completely Ooh, that's a, convinced. That's a guarantee. What's that, James? That's a guarantee. I'm, I'm guaranteeing by the end of nine, those two are a couple. Yeah, that's that's. But not by unless eight. one of them dies. Nah, I think they're safe. I think they're both safe. But I, th- I think, I don't know. I mean, romance is a part of Star Wars, whether we like it or not. You know, say what you will about uh, the rom- romantic arcs in these in these movies. It's there, and I think it's it's a component of it. And to be honest, it's, it was something that was missing from TFA. Like, we didn't get any proponent of that. Like, uh, I think two dudes hugged, and fandom went crazy saying they're gay. You know, like, which is fine, but, like, there was absolutely no indication throughout the whole film that there was a Raylo ship or, uh, you know, a pin and foe ship. <laughs> there you go. I did it again, huh? But either way, there was there was nothing, no indication between any anyone except for Han and Leia. And even at that, it was just like, hey, how you been? I missed you. Okay, going to go die now. Catch you later. Yeah, no, that, that is all correct. At some point, I think they're going to put it into these movies, and it's—I don't think it's going to involve Ray. So well, we I don't, I don't think it's going to involve Ray either. TFA yeah. like fo- uh, <laughs> Finn <laughs> seems to be enamored and kind of infatuated with with uh, yes, Ray. Like, I don't think necessarily it's a, a platonic love. Like I think it <laughs> becomes that it's going to become that in the series. But at the time being, like, it seems like he's pretty smitten with her. Oh, he absolutely is. I mean, he asks her about a boyfriend. He's fishing. He's looking for details about this this beautiful young woman sitting in front of him that, that ran, like he says, ran right into her. Um, Pin and fall. Oh, we're, boy, we're, boy. we're reaching the 2,000 milliliter level here, guys. Oh, man. Oh, I'm I'm really cracked up. It's late. <clears throat> <laughs> Actually, I think, we bu- I think we busted it, to be honest. Let me count here. Yeah, we, we done busted that shit. <laughs> Everybody, Corey is proud to announce he's, he has had two liters of beer. No, 2,000 milliliters. Yeah, 2,000. So that that's about uh, that's a that's a six pack. Yep, it's all over after this though. Let's get, let's wrap yeah, it up. We're, yeah, we're getting there. 
So yes, uh, James. Finn and Rose, I will give a light yes to in episode 8, but a definite yes by the end of 9. So is that a fair enough answer? Uh, that's a good answer, I'd say. Corey? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah, maybe not necessarily. Well, I'm going to say, no, I'm going to say it's going to happen in this film with whatever they go through, uh, the escape, the infiltration, the separation, the execution. I think there's going to be a climax to that, or at least if it, they could be, you know, a second or two, whatever it is. All right. James? I don't think anybody's going to kiss in this movie, but I think it would be really interesting if they gave the kiss to Snoke and part of his arc involved <laughs> love. Ah, you laugh, right? Yeah. <laughs> but he could love somebody. He could. That would be creepy. Could someone love him is the question. Oh, maybe that's why he acts the way he does. Yeah. I'm so opulent. Well, they spoke about that, right? Like he, he it's, it's his, whatever was taken away from him, whatever loss he's suffered at the hands of the people he hates. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe somebody very special that he loved was, was killed. Well, to be honest, I, I don't want to have that, uh, that course Leonai moment in this film. Nah, that's nah. I don't need, to, I don't need to see Snoke making out with anyone. No. You can see, like, a tongue coming through his cheek, like. Yeah. Like, coming out of or going in? <laughs> going in and then coming out. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, James, I normally I would say thank did... you. Well, yes, thanks. Thanks for the question, dude. How did we get here? Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> and uh, let's hear what, let, let's have people tweet at us. Do you think there's going to be a kiss? Yes or no on the kiss? Let's let's hear from you. And maybe, maybe let, oh, I'll take one last little stab. Amelyn Haldo kisses uh, kind of a nobody female. Like just someone that's there, like that comes to support her. And you Can she kiss her. Destro? What's that? Can she kiss Destro? Destro. Phasma. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> mm, we've, there's, unless she kisses her with the, the mask on, we've heard confirmed reports that her mask is still not lifted in this film wasn't she cagey about that though again like i you're right i think we did get we were told that no the helmet stays on for the whole flick she's not taking it off but i think she was asked either on kimmel or at one of the press events and she sort of uh, kind of dodges the question i didn't hear anything about it but it'd be cool between the uh the fight between uh, her and finn to see, like, Finn, like, inflict some, like, Twilight of the Apprentice damage on her mask. Uh, that'd be kind of cool. All right. Let's 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 move on to the last bit of the show here. Some jiving with Jeffrey. He likes that title. I like it, too. So he's got a question this week. Hey, my Canadian brothers. It's Jeffrey from the Canto cast. Here with yet another... Seinfeld, Star Wars, mashup. Okay, after your debate, you know, last week I had you guys going about Jedi Master Newman or Jedi Master George, and, you know, that was quite entertaining to listen to. This week, I was wondering, who would be 
the Snoke of the Seinfeld universe, but you must leave Newman and George out of it. Anybody else except for George or Newman. Have fun with that, and I'm pretty sure, Corey, you'll have some kind of loophole that we'll all just love. Take it easy, guys, and talk to you soon. Can't wait to hear your answers. So, Corey, I'm a, there is a correct answer, by the way, as there usually is to these questions, and you seem to not land on them. But uh, let, let's see you loophole it this way. Well, I think the correct answer is Newman still to this day. And I, I think you guys whiffed on that, but either way. Uh, we, we've come to terms with it. We've agreed to disagree. And uh, I thought about it, and I thought about it. I think... There was a few that came to mind. Uh, Bob Sacamano, he can kind of replace any answer. He's the loophole, really. Then there was Jay Peterman. He kind of came to mind. But I think the ultimate answer to this question is Steinbrenner. It is Steinbrenner. Corey got the question right. My goodness, he is doing he James. He's got... Well, he's Newman got, was right as he's well. He's got two liters of uh, beer in was him, right as well. And he's, he's still rocking it. I think they, they call that horizontal decolette. <laughs> <laughs> I think they call it functional alcoholic. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no, that, um, that's the correct answer. Steinbrenner is a good answer. Yeah, it is a good answer. Yeah. I, th- I think we, w- we also would have accepted um, uh, Soup Nazi. I also would have accepted Mr. Pitt. Oh, Mr. Um, yeah, Mr. Pitt's a good answer, too. Buff. Yeah. I, I think we could have also accepted um, – shoot, I wish I could remember the name. Who's on the file that, that George is the working Penske on? The Penske file. The Penske. Yeah. I, I think you could you could, uh, you could could accept Mr. Penske. <laughs> you, Penske material? <laughs> no, Mr. Pitt's an underratedly yeah, no. good answer, especially since he did Palpatine's voice in The Clone Wars for a while. Oh, I did not know that, but I like my answer more that now. Is, that is good. Um, yeah, I mean I look at it this way. Like Snoke likes his riches. He likes his grandeur. He likes domination. He seems very much like someone who carries a grudge. He operates in the shadows. He was a he was a definitely a, a dark force in this world. A nasty, petulant man child. And there's one person in, in Seinfeld who matches all those things. And it's George Steinbrenner. Yep, well done. There you go. Jeffrey. Consensus. Look at that. Newman was still pulling the strings. Like, you know, you were doing so well in this episode, and you had to, like, go and just scuttle yourself. Okay, whatever. Steinburner. All right. Jeffrey, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Ads, Bradley, Dave, always appreciate the input and the questions. Uh, Come back again next week for episode 105. One more, one more before the last Jedi. Yeah, and yeah, give give us things to talk about because I, you know what, I don't want to talk really at all about the movie itself. We could talk about our excitement and maybe maybe things that we're excited about, but definitely not touching any more clips, TV spots, stuff like that. We're gonna steer clear of all that chatter. So yeah, I just want to make sure we have uh, enough things to say. Uh, powerful friends, you guys can look forward to worthy of recognition this week. That's going to come out on Powerful Friends Friday. And for those listening who are not yet a Powerful Friend, like I said off the top of the show, patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. Two, three bucks a month, 
and you get what do you get, Corey? I uh, get uh, <laughs> what is it? Uh, worthy of recognition, Sell it, baby. Um, you get saber rattling whenever Kyle can land a really sweet inter- interview, which actually I have to say Kyle's a pretty good interviewer. They're actually really fun to listen to. Uh, we get uh, journals of the willing. Uh, we also have um, the Bridger transmissions where we're breaking down animation and Sith Disturbers, super salty. Find us there with uh, Mr. Carlos Candido. And uh, y'all can find me at the Chop Rules with a Z. Just, just jump right in there with the Chop Rules with a Z. <laughs> come on. Come on. I got to go to the bathroom. Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> he has 2,000 milliliters of urine tw- to 2,500. No. <laughs> well, Corey, you're dismissed. You can go. And yeah, well, that there you go, guys. That that was the the Patreon program. Corey pretty much nailed it all. You also get give listed, or you get uh, entry into our giveaways. So check that out. patreoncom slash saber two to three bucks a month, and you get all that and more. Um, so James, Corey mentioned his Twitter. What is yours? You got you got two now. You need to plug. I yeah sure. Uh, come say hello at Tommy Bombadil one. And please come check us out at um, an unexpected pod. I got to get used to that. All one word, an unexpected pod. Come check us out and uh, and join along. Yeah, get in early. It's going to be a cool podcast coming from James and Ads. Can't wait to hear it. I'm at uh, Tumbling Saber, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Come say hi. And don't forget this week to go check out the Star Wars Commonwealth. Load up on great Star Wars podcasts before the last jedi drops and just just fill your faces with star wars goodness everybody's doing great great work and uh that's it again we're looking forward to speaking to you guys in worthy of recognition later this week and for those of you who are not powerful friends we'll catch you all in episode 105 so thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you later
watching you walking away from me Were you watching me? Was it just a dream? Just a dream And I believe I can save you Just don't let me go And I can see I'll be waiting Always waiting And I believe I can save you Let me save you And I can see I'll be waiting Always waiting Just don't That was so much longer than the show notes looked. We must have rambled a lot. That was really long.